kind of that takes a lot of discipline too because um like I'll, I'll get up in the morning from like the time i wake up i'm reading emails i'm sending out emails i'm responding to things like people are calling me so that takes a lot of discipline i, I think i spend like the first half of the day doing that and then mm-hmm. i just get up and i gotta like reset my mind i'll go slide through the, the park on my skateboard or something take right. a little break and then i'll come back and then but i'm getting older too so now i need to take naps you know what i mean like <laughs> I need that nap like around noon, man. Right, and I'm like, right, I'm, I'm like, I'm not used to that. So I'm like, am I getting lazy or what? But right, then I gotta right. wake up fresh. But the thing is, my sleep cycle. Um, my guys will call me at night when they working, because right. I got guards working at night. So they they'll call me at night, keep me up like halfway through the night, and then I gotta be up by eight to read all their 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 reports and make sure that okay, he messed up. I gotta try to do uh you know damage control with the with the community managers when they mm-hmm. see this they're gonna be like we didn't like how the guard handled this situation right. so i gotta be prepared and be able to call them before they call me that way i'm not on the back foot and say right. hey look i've seen this happen i'm, I'm talking with them we're gonna okay. we're gonna fix this okay. so it, it it does take a lot of discipline but i just have to manage because i'm on salary so you just got to manage your time right. wisely because right. a lot of times you think you're robbing a company when you're on salary because you're not doing stuff like well i should probably be working on something right now but when something happens mm-hmm. it's going to take all your time you know what i mean like if one of my guards gets sick or something it's gonna like require my full attention so i have to try to be like all right i'm gonna do a little bit each day but then whenever that situation happens to where i need to sit there and focus you know what I mean? A hundred percent on this is it's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. So I, I learned just to okay, you know, I have a little balance, spend a couple hours at the beginning of the day, take care of everything, and then go go about mine. And then when I get that call, then I have to you know go back to uh, doing what I have to do. But it's just it's just crazy trying to find that balance. And then everybody, it seems like everybody wants something from me at the same time. Like I, I'm at home. And your family don't understand that you're working because you're home. They just think like, oh, you're home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, I'm working right now. Like, I, like I need to focus on this. I don't need to focus on what you guys are trying to get my attention on. Like, let me do my job. There's there's other people that, that require my time right now. And I, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's it's kind of, I have to, I have to uh, kind of set that boundary with my parents, and my, my parents and my family and everybody's in the house. Like, look. I'm here physically, but mentally, I'm not able to deal yeah. with the things that you need me to deal with at this time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it's it, it's a blessing when you don't have to, you know, travel and go in traffic and and waste that time. I mean, use you know, I don't know to say waste, but you uh, uh, when that time is not as a necessity for you to have to travel and stuff like that. Saving gas and car repair, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, it does take that discipline, and um, I think one of my things is my boss. He anticipates things. He'll be like, hey, Shane, did you do this? And so I learned to anticipate. And like, okay, he's going to ask me about this document mm-hmm. if I finished it. So I learned to try to get all my stuff done early on before, you know, and then so all, all I have to do is be like, yep, I already handled this in the Dropbox. It's done, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Cool. cool. All right, young brother. What's, uh, and what's your name again? Sal. Sal, so how you feel about the the online? I mean, you, are you still working? Or oh, I'm online? still working. I'm working with uh, Chandler Unified School District. So okay. I, I deliver. I drive a 
26 footer. Okay. And then uh, you got class class B. Uh no, nah, just it, it, you don't need yeah, it. you don't need yeah. it for that. Okay. No no you. CDL, mm-hmm. just delivering uh to 11 schools, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, that's interesting. So uh, I mean, so what's going at school? See, this is the thing. Did they let the the district decide whether to go back to school or stay online? Because some kids in school, it's, it's some di- not. It's different. It's different. Like for example, like the board, the board is the one who really decides. So like, they'll have like a, a board meeting, and then mm-hmm. whoever's in charge of the district, uh, they'll bring in actual people like us, you know, parents or whatever. That's what I heard. Yeah. And then they'll be like, hey, there, there'll be parents like, what the hell, you know, I want my kids at school because I can't afford to feed them three times a day. And then some want them home. Yeah, some some want them home, and and then there's other people that are like, I don't want my kid getting sick, you know. So yeah, so yeah. it's like it's both. So I think I think with every district it's different, but. Ultimately, it's it, it comes down to federal money, because that's what the school. Everything come down to money. Exactly. Yeah. So who who wants to leave a uh, hundred grand or whatever they're giving them? It's our tax money. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. who wants to who wants to just let it float? See that COVID? It caught me. All right, let's 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 jump on the COVID thing for a second, okay? It it caught me off guard because I, I, I got dual personality. I got the African American Akeem. And then I have the American Akeem, okay? The African-American Akeem was like, uh, okay, so what does this mean? So ultimately, they came out with what? Flu uh, vaccinations. Not me. You know, you you back in the 60s when you did that experiment on black men, I'm done with you after that. That's me personally. Yeah, yeah. So I haven't got any proof that they still aren't experimenting with their drugs. Right, right. So I'm not ready to go down that rabbit hole with yeah. you, historically speaking, right? Yeah. That's the African in me. Now, the American in me is saying, oh, yeah, if it's going to make me safe, <laughs> sure. But then the spirit part of me says, well, God knew what he was doing when he made man. So it's like, who do I trust, man or God? Well, I'm going to stick with God, bro. He, he ain't never let me down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. He I... never did no experiments on the poor, the meek. Right. He knows what he's talking about. Man make mistakes. Then he said, oops. Mm. And that's yeah. it. That's all you get from him is, oops. Oh, he'll cut a check here and there when he when he decided that he needed to cut one. So you keep that COVID shit to yourself. I don't I don't believe in it. I think it's just the flu. If the flu vaccinations ain't doing it, I don't know why we got to upgrade to now COVID vaccinations. That just, it's beyond me. So real, real quick, because I had COVID-19, mm-hmm. and I'm going I'm to say it like this. It's not the flu. It's very, it's... What I think it is is it's SARS because they say when you look up COVID nineteen it's S A R S dash I don't I don't know the exact name mm-hmm. but when I had it I had a very mild case but when I when uh you know I lost my taste I lost my taste lost my smell and uh, for three days I thought I just had a a, a head allergy sinus allergy mm-hmm. and then on the fourth day that's when I got a fever then I had a I had to literally lay on a flat like a flat surface because when I laid on my bed, mm-hmm. my sciatic nerve was was like messed up. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because, I don't know if it has anything to do with, because uh, it's neuro- neurological too. Mm-hmm. You hear about people having like strokes or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, just back going back to what you're saying, like if you don't want to take the vaccine, because we don't know where, where COVID-19 came from. Was it made in a lab? Was it? Quick question. Mm-hmm. Leading up to it, what were you doing, drinking? Like, do you remember the before? Yeah, before you got it. Well, my diet, my diet's poor. I'll be off. I'll be straight up and 
you know, straightforward with it. I eat fast food almost every day. You know, I drink soda every day. But, you know, I'm not diabetic. I'm not, I'm I'm relatively healthy. I I did have a, a history when I was younger. I had a, I had a gastritis and a helibacter pylori, which is inflammation of the stomach. Mm-hmm. So I have a bad stomach, you know. Just and and, and to me, I've only listened to you for a few minutes, mm-hmm. but what I already hear is what, the people who died from the flu, there was already health issues going on there. Not saying you're you're one of those people. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is, it sounds like you think it's the same thing. No, it just sounds like you already had some issues going on. So I haven't had the flu in like 20 years. <laughs> but yeah, but you had COVID the first time in your life, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you're talking about COVID, mm-hmm. you know, are we talking about something that if you already had underlying issues? Mm-hmm. I didn't have any. You're more, I didn't have anything. Like I'm not diabetic. I don't have high blood pressure. Last time I checked, I don't have high mm-hmm. blood pressure. So how long, was, how long was you sick? A week and a half. But okay. but uh, from the I was sick on the December second, and I didn't start feeling completely normal until maybe the end of December. Okay. So you Did know I was down to get it. Uh yeah yeah so, my so, lady got it and mm-hmm. my brother got it and then my mom got it. We all live in the same house. Okay. And so how, explain to me what because I really want to understand since we have somebody here that can speak firsthand. I, I want to jump whatever whenever he's done. I'm gonna say something. Okay. Go ahead. Now, with that being said, mm-hmm. first of all, take me through how, what made you think oh, something's wrong with me. I need to go to the hospital, or so, did you just say, "Hey, I'm sick. I'll be okay." Like most of us, I'll be okay in a few days. So, what really decided you decided? Hey, something wrong with me. I need to go to the hospital. I didn't go to the hospital, but mm-hmm. but I uh, when I when I started realizing that I was getting sick because mm-hmm. uh, like I told you, I work for the schools. I work in the freezer. Mm-hmm. And it's negative ten in that freezer. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was, uh, I was in the freezer, and I was talking to my coworkers. I was like, "Hey, man, it doesn't feel like negative ten. It feels like negative forty in here." Mm-hmm. And like I said, I wasn't, I wasn't feeling any type of way. I didn't. I just felt uh, really cold. Mm-hmm. And so uh, <clears throat> I'm a precautious person. If I know that I'm sick, I'm not gonna come around anybody. That's even if I have a, a you know, any kind of cold or whatever. So that night, uh, the night that uh, I got home. Uh, I I told uh, my supervisor I was like, hey, you know, it's like ten thirty at night. I was like, I'm having trouble sleeping, and I was like, and I think I have like a little sinus cold, and I was like, I'm not gonna come in. So for three days, uh, or when I when I sent them that text, they told me to go get tested. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, let me let me wait. I'm not having any, you know, I'm not. It's not even it doesn't seem that serious. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until three days after, you know, I woke up. My body was completely a- aching. It's like somebody beat me up on the floor, mm-hmm. laid me out, just hit me, hammer fisted me. You know, mm-hmm. and so uh, that it just crept up on me pretty much, mm-hmm. and and thankfully I I I did I did that because like I said I wasn't feeling like so you, you know, didn't go to the hospital you no. didn't so you never went to the hospital so how did you get your diagnosis <clears throat> I went to get tested at MCC oh and they said you had COVID mm-hmm. okay but it, but it felt completely different like for example when you get the when you get the flu you know you got you, your your uh, your mucus. It's constantly draining. Mm-hmm. You could you could hack it up or whatever. Mm-hmm. This was different. It was like it was like just there. Did you get the flu shot? Mm, I never had the flu shot. Okay. No, no. I, mom, not that I remember. My mom got it from her job, and she had to stop working. She works with elderly people, um, so she comes home, but. Like, even before COVID, she would always take off her uniform before coming in just because she's around death and happiness sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so she gets it. 
she has to stay quarantined. Then I told my boss, and I'm like already working in retail, and it's like I don't talk to customers that much, but I'm in the store like every day. Like I haven't stopped working, so I'm like, hey, I can't go in. Um, my mother, whatever. So I couldn't go out. I couldn't train. That shit was driving me crazy. Um, but I didn't have nothing. And, like, I got a test afterwards, and it was like, you never, like, had it. Or you never been exposed or whatever. Um, so I just think it's like, they never started saying, like, hey, exercise, keep drinking water, stop eating, you know, fast food. Like, McDonald's has not closed one day. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> For real. Like, if we legit take care of our bodies and just one hour of working out, like hard, like sweating, you know, mm-hmm. stretching, doing mm-hmm. some yoga, mm-hmm. how far can we go? Yeah, so I, I think I think everybody in my household caught it at one everybody time. Everybody had COVID in your family? I think, but we didn't ever get tested. I think my brother's the only one that went to the hospital. It's, it, with me, I was doing some patrols at work and I noticed like my breathing. I was filming some videos and I could hear my breathing like I weighed 300 pounds. And I'm like, I'm like I always had pretty good cardio and I was like, why could I hear myself? And I felt some type of way. And then, like, I noticed, like, the next couple of weeks, my mom was down for about a week and a half. Like, mm-hmm. you know, same symptoms, respiratory, um, um, nausea. And um, and me, I'm, I'm, I'm a holistic believer. You know, I believe that anything can be tackled with the right herbs and, and you know, stuff like that. So, first thing I did was I got the, the, the um, Vicks, uh, what is it, the humidifier. Mm-hmm. And I filled it up with, like, eucalyptus mm-hmm. and things like rosemary and, and tea tree oil, stuff like that. Cause I wanted to make sure that it, since it's a respiratory, those those are like, you know, that shit gonna hit. Yeah, so <laughs> I wanted to create an atmosphere to where the air that was being, you know, inhaled was like antimicrobial or, or you know, mm-hmm. anti, uh, you know, pretty much killing germs. And because a lot of those essential oils and stuff have natural like antibacterial, anti, you know, viral uh, uh, properties. So I put a lot of those in there. And I left them in the room with that. And then, like, within, like, a week or so, boom, then my mom, she started feeling better. It went to my dad. And then, boom, same thing with him. I put him in there. About a week or so, I left it. He started feeling better. My brother, I guess, he was it was a little stronger because he had to, I had to actually take him to the ER. And then they, like, gave him, like, a Z-pack or whatever, sent him home. And then, you know, he was good. But also, too, like, my mom is the praying type. So um, I've been seeing a lot of people taking losses with their families and, um, you know, knock on wood or whatever. But mine has been blessed. And my mom just always prayed for us and, Hey, we're strong believers, you know. We got strong faith when it comes to stuff like that. It was like, you know, the Lord's gonna have His hand over it because He always kind of has in the past. When I seen a lot of people taking elves, like you know, I mean, their families and stuff, like we were always kind of protected. So we've always had that kind of mentality that you know the Lord kind of had His hands over us and stuff. So that's just how I grew up. And then when I just we just kind of gauge our like fear off of my mom's. We look at her and see what she's like, how she's feeling about something, and she's probably. She got the stronger faith in the in the situation, so we just kind of she's like our rock. Like she, she centers us when we want to be afraid about stuff. So I think that you know he like he was saying it was a it's a mental thing too. So I think uh, the prayer and stuff took care of the mental side, and the physical aspect was taken care of by the herbs and stuff. And also what I do is um I've started making I got a ninja a nutrient uh, like a like a neutral bullet, but it's a ninja got the uh, the blender. Mm-hmm. I got that and I started uh. You know, making a bunch of smoothies for my family. I'm putting like making sure they get kale or either spinach every day with some ginger. Mm-hmm. Um, Yo, you heard of spirulina? Spirulina, yeah. Spirulina is it's like a sweetener too. Don't they use it as a sweetener? Or is that maybe that's like, maybe stevia? Stevia, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Spirulina is it's that green one. Yeah, it's that ultra they sell green. it. Sprouts, health stores. Yeah, so I, 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 mostly what I use is I use fruits, and I always try to make sure that there's either like ginger or some kind of green in there, like a, mm-hmm. uh, like either kale or spinach. And then because my family they they don't not, like those. They don't. They're not. They anything that doesn't taste good. They're not. So I mm-hmm. I, like, I I usually use lemonade as a base, mm-hmm. and then I add to it. So they don't even know how much nutrition they're getting. <laughs> by the time right. mm-hmm. so I kind of have to trick them into you know like oh this is good I'm like you don't even realize how much nutrition you're getting so I do that to boost their immune systems you know to make sure everybody is like so and I mean to, to this point it's been working but I've always been that kind of person to where I'm gonna study and figure out what we could do holistically to to, to protect ourselves and what, what I think well I'm confused because I hear heartwarming stories here because I I don't know nobody the lady I work with had it but she said she felt like she just had the flu Mm-hmm. That's the lady I work with. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then when I hear people lost loved ones and that kind of thing, then I'm like, whoa, what the hell is going on here? You see what I'm saying? But at the same time, mm-hmm. all right, what I see is I can go to this restaurant, and just wear a mask and go in there, take off the mask, drink, and party. Mm-hmm. And this restaurant won't let me in. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? It's just so, takeout. Yeah. It's just takeout. You see Drive what I'm saying? Through. Yeah. These kids are going to school. Okay, they got to wear a mask, but they're in school. These kids not, and this is this is my crazy mind, because I work all over the city, and it's like the rich kids. This is my opinion. Mm-hmm. They in school. It's like the middle class, the poor kids are the ones who parents are more afraid. This is what I'm getting out of it. Because when I go to nice neighborhoods, those kids are in school, man. The bus is coming through there. When I go to middle class, lower class, all of a sudden, ain't no buses, and I'm like, what is that? Is the imp is the the are people are we basing this how we feel about COVID? Is it more than just COVID? Is it is our economic status playing a part in this? It's political as well. It's you everything. see what I'm trying to say? Yeah. yeah. Because if something's killing people, then there should be no question about what to do about it. Now, if you're telling me, let just just let's just say COVID is killing people, right? then no one should be playing around with it, right? But it's killing people here. But I'm up on, I used to live on 35th Avenue in Peru. That's Meth Alley. They sleeping on the streets. <laughs> they eating out of trash cans. Guess what? All those homeless people, they still there. They're yeah. not even coughing. <laughs> yeah. So I don't understand how healthy people who live in a house, who have metal, uh, med, metal uh, health insurance, we got aspirin. We got fruits and vegetables, spinach. Mm. We getting it, but people who smoke meth all day, healthy. I I, I got some on that. I think um, the people out there that's on the streets supposedly they getting a vitamin D, and that's what they, <laughs> that's what they say is that people are deficient in because they're out there all day. So I, then let's get vitamin D then. Yeah. That should kick COVID in the ass. But also too, what I think about uh, there's a political side to this too. That you know, I think the Republicans they don't they believe in, uh, uh you know, we, we're not wearing no mask. But also they have that money and economics to be able to pay for the treatments. If you know what I mean. And I think too, you know, when you got good insurance, you get a different treatment than when you don't. <laughs> so I feel like you know the liberals, they gotta like you know. It, the, most people that believe in like liberals, they're, they're usually like people below the poverty line or like I want to say mid to below. It's just people that feel like the government's against us. We got to stick together. 
we're, we're fighting for our rights that the, that the elite are trying to take away from us. Mm-hmm. So I think you have that end to where these people feel like this is really happening and we got to protect ourselves because they're trying, you know, uh, uh, we don't have the, the, the wealth and the, and the health to be able to survive if we do get it. The, I, th- I feel like on the other end, like the Republican side, they're like, well, if you get sick, we'll just go to the hospital. We got good insurance. We could afford to pay, to pay our way through this thing. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the difference is that, you know. That makes sense. It's just been a headline. It's, it's been a headline thing the whole year. Every day, the numbers are increasing here. This is that. Like, it's like anywhere you go, you get it. Mm-hmm. And fear. It's fear. It's making everybody scared. Do I get it? Do I get the vaccine? Yeah, that, that's the psychological. That's the side he was talking about, the mental side, because, you know, like I say, neuroplasticity, whatever you, whatever you uh, believe in is going to grow in your mind and it's going to grow stronger. So a lot of times, like, people die of shock. You know what I mean? You can get in an accident and die of shock. And it's like, well, the trauma wasn't enough to kill him, but he, oh, my God, I'm dying. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> that has a lot, you know, your brain is shut down. effect. Yeah. To yeah, some yeah. degree. So and, I, and that's what I think. This is, I think the COVID is more of a placebo effect than it is. I'm not saying people not getting it and not dying from it, but people die from the flu every single year. And from my understanding, the COVID numbers might be matching that. Where is the flu? This year. Yeah, nobody. Last year. No, we ain't talked about it this year. They talked about it a little bit. You know, they saying that, you know, the, the uh, flu shot is working, I guess. Or or because we're doing all the social distancing to the uh, COVID that is taking care of The people. last epidemic, pandemic, I remember was like, who was it? The HPV, the one with the Spanish pigs. flu? Yeah. No. Oh, you talking about H1N1? Yeah. Okay. Like in 2008, yeah. 2009. The swine flu, they had the bird flu. Swine. Bird flu, swine. They had a bird flu too. Yeah, that was H one N one. But I don't swine. remember because I was in school and I don't remember ever like not going to school. I was just everything stayed the same. It wasn't this big massive overhaul with nobody going to school, people staying inside. Man, I remember all the animal diseases. I remember mad cow disease, swine flu, bird <laughs> Man, flu. It's always Ebola coming from the monkey. <laughs> Ebola. Ebola, yeah. Exactly. Ebola, Ebola was crazy. Ebola was crazy. Now they're saying, now this is, I heard this on commercial. I'm not making this up. In the 80s, my God, AIDS was the worst thing. People stopped fucking, people stopped using condoms. Yeah. For a couple of days anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay? Because human nature is going to take over eventually, right? Mm-hmm. So now they're saying, oh, if you got AIDS, HIV, take this medicine. And you can have sex without a condom because your partner will. I mean, you see, I'm trying. I mean, but this the, is what the, they the, the, my, the, Nobody the, heard that the medicine now they got that you won't spread? Yeah, the gays, the gays put their money together. They was like, hey, for <laughs> real, they was like, we, you know we finding a cure I for I got to respect that because if you got a problem, if your group got a problem. Economically empower yourself. Whatever it is, it can. Uh, yeah. There you go. And the yes, gays right. have, man. Yeah, they're so serious. They making, they making leaps and bounds now. They're not playing around. They may get a they, holiday. <laughs> they may get a holiday. I'm so, look. It's anybody, a, <laughs> I just look at people's power dynamics, man, and I, I noticed that you know they didn't got a bunch of little snotty nose rug rats to take care of, so they put that money to where it's something useful. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> right, but we got we got to get a little deep here. How long we got? An hour? How, how much we getting here? Man, just go. I, I want right, to. Right, I want to. Huh? Just do our thing. Okay. I wanted to get into. I wanted to get into us starting to look at history from a different aspect so we can be more aware of what's going on. Okay. I want to talk about for a second, is it possible? I'm going to talk about Martin Luther King and Malcolm for a second. Okay. 
the woman that Martin Luther King, remember he had this little side chick? Yes. Who was she? How come we never knew who she was? How come she never got an interview? And was she sent in by other entities? Mm. I say that because I was watching this, and I don't, I don't, I try to get out of believing everything I see. I don't, I really don't believe nothing, but I gotta say, it's possible. So Netflix bring up some good documentaries. The last one I watched about Malcolm X was awesome. What this brother was suggesting was that they was watching Malcolm X when he got out of prison, mm. which means he had already brought attention to himself before he became somewhat popular in the Islam nation. Mm. If that be true, then black men have to start entertaining the idea that this is all a bullshit game that we're participating in because we can't see what's really going on. Now, that sucks because we got the millionaires making million dollars a year. Very few of them are speaking out and trying to say something, right? Few of them. But millionaires, young black athletes are children, man. They're 20, 25, 27 years old, 30. You can't put that pressure on them. They got the money we can use, but there's so many other financial resources for black men, black people, and minorities. We shouldn't even be pitting that pressure on our athletes. They play ball. LeBron James is taking on too much. Yes, if he want to participate, like all the other greats did, Muhammad Ali and um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Jim Brown, that's great. I'm not saying don't, but we shouldn't put that pressure on these athletes when you and I and Shane and whoever have the same mind, creative mind, no, right. to create our own resources and avenues of wealth. Now, Biden said in his campaign, we're going to build wealth for American families. He had his mask on? I didn't see the inauguration. He should have. Maybe I could have <laughs> misunderstood what he said, but he clearly said, we ain't going to build no wealth for American families. You know why? Or black American families or Hispanic. You know why? Because you have to build your own wealth. Mm -hmm. Right. Only, no one's going to, you know what? You got to get it every day, every day, every nah, day. Nah, Let me what? give some of my wealth to the black people. That's nah, not nah, going to happen. Nah, I've been noticing that the last, like, I've been getting my credit repaired. And uh, shout out to Mr. 750 himself. Uh, it, it's one of my guys. We, uh, I met this guy about a year ago, man. And we just, uh, we just clicked and we just always been empowering each other to do business and stuff. And he was a barber when he first started and he used to cut hair out of his crib. He didn't have a license. I was ready starting my uh, Shane's got everything, and so we just kind of, we just kind of empowered each other to get going, and um, you know, make a long story short, uh, now he's got his own barber shop, and he, he fixes credit. He's uh, you know, in the process of fixing my credit. I've seen substantial gains. I probably, I went up probably about, I don't know, maybe about fifty points in the last couple months. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I haven't even like that's just off of the letters that they sent out. Like I haven't even really like I've been paying my credit cards, but just nothing ridiculous, you mm -hmm. know. Um, which he urges me, like, man, you need to drop, you know, X amount. And I'm like, yeah, but I just want to see how far I get with the letters first before mm -hmm. I... So anyway, um, shout out. Also, too, um, now he's putting me on to some resources to get some grants and... Um, mm. To get grants and, and loans for my business. So this is stuff that... This is, these are regular conversations that, you know, black people don't regularly, regularly have is, hey, 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 man, how's your credit? You know, hey, how's mm -hmm. your... So, you know, and it took a while. He was always hounding me about it. He's like, man, and it cost like 145, 150 bucks. Because where my credit was at, it wasn't bad. I just needed a couple of, like, I needed a plan. I needed to figure out how I was going to approach building my credit. Mm -hmm. So, 
and and I was just like, you know, growing up, nobody never really stressed the importance of getting credit. So he had just like, I probably talked to him about five or six different times before I even acted on it. And I was like, eh, you know, uh, he's like, he's like $700 over six months pretty much. And I was like, I don't know, man. I got a lot of bills already, bro. When I finally, you know, made it happen, I took that leap of faith because he kept be like I said, he stayed on my head about it. I started seeing like, okay, you know what? It was worth it. So now I'm at the point now where I feel like the sky's the limit, you know? Cause he's like, when you start dealing with other people that are doing stuff, they don't, cause I, like I say, we, a lot of times we'll, we'll use the excuse of history and it's, it's cool to know your history too, but also too, there's always been people, I was watching documentaries before I left the house about like Ida B. Wells and mm. there's this lady in Silicon Valley right now. She's helping build wealth. Uh, and I forget her name. It's like Arlena or something. Uh, mm. Uh, but anyway, she's like one of the African-American women in, mm-hmm. in Silicon Valley that's helping create opportunities for the black people. Mm-hmm. So it's like for every impossible situation, there's always somebody that penetrates still and makes it through. So what we don't realize is that a lot of times that these situations are creating or making us stronger. But we, we just can't we can't have that victim mentality. We just got to have that mentality of an overcomer. And number one is have a, a support group. Like, you know, I got Alberto, you know what I'm saying? I got my man Sal, I got my man Mr. Sam 50 over there. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, I got I got my man's over there. Um, I got my man Jamal. He he cut hair, he does juicing. He does a lot of other things too. But I have a support group. I have people that mm-hmm. I can toss ideas around and they're not going to be like, oh, well, that's not possible because it is. Because if we put a thousand people in a room, everybody's going to be able to find something negative about the idea. But who's going to... Who's going to be the one that gives me that one idea that's going to help me get to the next level? That's the kind of people I'm looking for as visionaries. I'm, mm-hmm. there's, there's enough settlers around and people that are going to tell you that what you can't do, but they're going to end up with jobs. No sayers. Yeah, exactly. As, as Barack so, Obama would say. Right. No but I, I like what he's, he touched on. Remember when we first started meeting, we said you cannot... Put another brother's idea down or say you remember that we talked yeah, about yeah that? yeah and without putting another idea or two ideas or adding to yeah that. yeah and that was something that i had to tell my father i said we always get into this thing where we want to disagree with one another it's not a why are we disagreeing what does that disagree about your path may not be my path but we both trying to move forward we're both trying to progress so whether you take the left or the right the thing is, we have to move forward. We want to sit here at the cross, the fork, and argue and fight. With competition. We got to stop yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, that's that, one, of my, that. one of my sayings is you don't lose an argument if you gain correction. You know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's not about the who who had the last word. It's like, did this man tell me some real stuff that's going to benefit my life and help me get to the next level? Now, that's my point when I talked about Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. Now, today, here we are, let's say, the George Floyd era. Right, the whole world, to in my eyes, came out and said, "Black man, man, we sorry, you know, but what do you guys? That what are we gonna do about it? Are we gonna wait for the next George Floyd, Trayvon Martin? What, I mean, are we gonna wait and be all depressed again? Let me, as an African American man in this country, my whole life since I was six years old, okay, and I don't know if this is the reality or our delusion, but it started with roots." All you ever see is the the system, the white man kicking our ass. I'm 50-something years old. So for 46 years, I've been watching movies and documentaries how horrible the white man been treating black men, right? Anybody want to disagree? 
Please disagree with me if you if you if you've been watching movies for the last thirty years. It's all about good relations between the races, and you know the black man got the equal powers. I mean, if that's no. what you guys are watching, yeah. let me know. Unless it's a sports movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Hey, but then you always got the coach too. You know, you got, you got the white savior in there too. Right. So with that being said, we have to, as black people, recognize what that has done to us. That a lifetime of Trayvon Martin's and George Floyd's and Roots, okay. A lifetime of seeing this from the media. What do you think we feel about ourselves, bro? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know what? And and I'm gonna be real with you. I, I can't rock with a lot of typical niggas, man. <laughs> I mean, for real. I mean, just typical people in general. Mm -hmm. But but more like my brothers. You know, the brothers I deal with, they're positive. You know, you know, it's not about. I don't know. I don't know how to say this, but you know, um, the nigga mentality that mm -hmm. you know we're always gonna be struggling. We always you know, no hope. You know what I mean? This this thing is like, and 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 I and I test people. I mm -hmm. throw some ideas out there to see if they're gonna feed off of it and mm -hmm. use it to grow, or they just gonna rationalize their situation. You know, so mm -hmm. um, I, I'm gonna give you. Uh, so I got pulled over about two times since the last time we met up. My boy Sal was with me the other day, <laughs> right? So I get pulled over, and I was I was probably wrong because I hung a right. I got this bad habit of when I turn into an intersection, I automatically go into the lane that I want to be in. Right? Oh. So instead of me going to the right lane, I shot all the way to the left and I cut off a police. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So so they, they kind of had a reason to pull me over. And I'm a, and on top of all that, you know, the more variables to it, I'm, I'm a black man. I'm in a black car. I'm wearing all black. You know what I'm saying? I got the Mexican dude in the, in the passenger seat and I got a white girl in the back, which is his lady. So, so we all get pulled over. Uh, and, and, and I was like, okay, man. The first thing that I always do when I get pulled over is I put my hands out of the window. Mm -hmm. And they always come and they're like, why you got your hands out? And I automatically tell them, I got a weapon in the vehicle. Mm -hmm. Oh, is it on you or is it at? And I, you know, so this time when I got pulled over with him, I said, it's, it's in the trunk. Oh, okay. You know, so they went back there and they checked and they, you know, I had one in the round and so they took it out put it like, Hey, well, you know, we, we seen the gun, we took the round out, we put it, but it's like, just this, this is an educational stop. When you pull into the intersection, make sure you stay in the lane that you're mm -hmm. supposed to. They didn't give me a ticket or nothing. Matter of fact, one of the cops was fanboying out about my, I had a P320 uh, uh, mm -hmm. with the Romeo Optic, Sig Sauer. And they was like, oh, so how do you like that? So they were kind of fanboying out about my gun. They was like, that's a pretty good, that's a nice piece you got back there. And they were polite. They weren't disrespectful. They didn't make me feel like they were going to blow my head off. You know, anything like mm -hmm. that. So, so props out to them for that. Now... The last time was a couple weeks back. Me and my lady were coming back. I had traveled like five miles coming from the res up north. Now, I'm trying to get off the freeway. The cop is in and he's trying to get on. But it's kind of dark. I don't. I just, like, we're racing. Like, you know how you try to speed? Like, you know you getting off and the person is getting on. But right. you ain't going to hit your brakes. You going to hit the gas because you want to. You want to try to they go in respect front of you. Yeah. You're yeah. Right on the highway. <laughs> right. They coming on. <laughs> so, so I'm doing that. And we pretty much racing. And my lady goes, that's a cop. And I'm like. And I'm already at 80. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you know what? So then I, I realized what's going on. I try to slow down. He already got his lights hit. We pull off of the freeway. Man. He hits me, and I'm like, ah, oh, man, what do I do? Stick my hands out the window. <laughs> First thing, right? He pulls out. He goes, hey, why uh, why'd you got your hands out the window? I said, I got my pistol on me. He's like, for real? Is it on you, on you? I was like, no, it's in my bag. He's like, okay. He's like, um, you got your ID? I'm like, yeah, but can I reach for it? <laughs> He's like, yeah. He's like, uh, but anyway, he, he's like, when he asked me why I had my hands out, I said, I just want you to feel comfortable approaching mm -hmm. my vehicle, number one. Number two, I got my pistol on me. You know what I mean? So that 
in effect, put him at ease. So when he went back to his vehicle, he didn't take us out. He was skipping. Yeah, yeah. Just... <laughs> but the thing here, here's the thing. Most of the time, if they know you got a weapon, they'll take you out of the vehicle so they can keep eyes on you while they're running your thing, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. He allowed me to stay in my vehicle while he went and ran my, you know what I mean? And he saw, I created an atmosphere of peace because when I stick my hands out the window, if he thought I was a criminal or I was out to mm -hmm. shoot him, why mm -hmm. would I be showing my hands? You right. know what I'm saying? Why would I be creating that opportunity? Yo, I've never heard that before. But that's, three, interesting. that's the third time I've done that and I haven't gotten any tickets I used to the, do that the three too. times that really? I've done that. But it's interesting that, because that's Dang the point I'm trying to make. I would, I would put, put my hands out the window or grab the steering wheel. But the thing is, when I talked about me, since I was six years old watching Roots and, and to George Floyd, that's a lifetime of conditioning. Yeah. You're a free man in this country. We shouldn't be afraid of anyone. But we, we are. Because we've been taught that through mostly the media. Not because experiences, because most experiences with police officers are pretty cordial to me. Now, you, you get one or two. Now, it's funny you said that because I was arrested too. I spent the night in jail. And uh, it was August. So let me tell you what happened, right? Uh, I'm driving down the street. Okay? Cop followed me so damn long, I get intimidated. Like, why the fuck is he following me? <laughs> he followed me a long time. Cops don't do that. They follow you tops a minute, a block. They always hit you with the lights, pull you over and tell you yeah. whatever. This fucker just followed me. He would, he would act like he going to go away. Then he would come back and get behind me aggressively. So I called the police. That's how long he followed me. <laughs> I called the police on the police. But I was like, hey, because I got my gun with me, which since then I stopped carrying mine because I got this little issue going on with the court system, so I don't carry my gun no more. I ain't anyway, long story short, so I tell the cops, hey, look, man, you need to come in. And who is this guy following me? So then the lady, well, who is it? Uh, do you know what he looks like? Hell no, I don't know what he looks like. Do you know why he following you? No, if I did, I don't, I don't think I'd be calling you. Anyway, some cops finally show up, right? So I said, hey, man, this guy been following me since fucking 52nd Street and North, whatever, you know. So they, what well, he looked like and all this. So then they run my plan. And then, uh, oh, you're under arrest. I'm under arrest. They said, well, you got a warrant out for you that I never knew nothing about, right? This is how this shit kicks off. All right, so you got this bullshit warrant on me, which shouldn't be there, but it's there, okay? That's the system for you. Now, they got a white cop and a minority cop, but I don't know. He don't look Mexican. He don't look Hispanic, but he looks mixed. Mixed, or he might be Hawaiian or something like that. And this is not the first time this happened. But So the white guy's cool. The white cop is cool. He's, he's kind of like being cool, you know. This guy, he's aggressive, right? So he, I don't know how to explain it, but you know how your arms are made to go forward? You know, I can do that. But they're not made to go the same height backwards. <laughs> this fucker got my arms up behind my head like this with my wrist turned, right? That's automatically going to create what? Tension. Then he gets aggressive to my, you need to relax. He's trying to get me in the rabbit hole of resisting arrest. This is where it gets tricky because we don't want to think that way of officers. Who wants to think that way of officers? But when that one cop does that, he has to understand, or do he or don't he, that now you're creating a problem that's already a problem. Because I wasn't resisting, man. But that's how brothers get in trouble because now I'm already arrested. I called the cops on one of your boys for following me so long. It's called a prolonged follow, which is wrong. It's illegal. That's harassment. Mm -hmm. Okay? Now you arrest me over a warrant that I had no idea I had. So what you think I'm thinking? Oh, uh, you guys just arresting me because I called the cops on your boy. Right. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Now, if I'm a fight, guess what's going to happen? <sighs> Potentially another George Floyd incident. You see what I'm saying? So it becomes that where as black men, black women, and, and black children, we have to realize 
that we're dealing with a system that's not necessarily, what's the word I want to look for, um, kind all the right. time. Yes, a lot of times, most times police officers are respectful and nice. But when that happens to you, and this is right after George Floyd. That was in August. George Floyd was March. So mm. what you think going through my mind? Mm. I'm shitting bricks. But I know not to fight. My gun's in the car, and I ain't shoot. I mean, it, when you, Yo, when you use so self-defense, either way, you done. Even if you win, the rest of your life you're going to prison, if not the death penalty. So that's a lose-lose situation. So who wants to fight police? Or eat? If me and Shane got into a fight, and he pulled out his gun, I pulled out my and I shoot Shane. Or Shane shoots me. And one of us die, that person dies. It don't go to Shane's people who identify with Shane. It goes to a court system that don't identify with us. They're going to judge if this brother was just or unjust. We need to come with that understanding that we live in a system that we don't necessarily get the benefit of the doubt. Well, also, too, I think the when you pick a majority of jurors, I think a lot of black people ain't want to be in court to be jurors. They're going to figure out something to say to, to not be... Oh, I'm biased towards something. So they're going to find a way to wiggle their way out of jury duty. I think a lot of Caucasian people, they feel like it's an honor to be it's in a, a jury. I, thank you. So I think that's the difference when it comes and, to juries. But what's sad about that, Shane? What's scary about that? That when a black man come in, or even a white guy with a long beard, and he looks like a helter skelter, okay? He's not the popular person in the courtroom. But you got this well-groomed judge, man or woman, and they sitting, they're already sitting up high, okay? They're already sitting up high like they're, stinging, they're accomplished, they're educated, they're smart, they keep it America safe. And then you got the prosecutor, same thing, an educated, well-groomed person. Then you got some old nigga over there with a beard like me. And then you got a jury. Who in that jury <laughs> looking at me and saying, I'm going to give that brother the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> Even black people in that jury is going to be looking at those white people, mostly white people, and say these are the best that our society has. They're educated, they're smart. They know what they're doing, but you look at me, they don't they don't see anything special. So even when somebody accuses you of a crime, you automatically look guilty. Murder, Why yeah. would they say he did that if he didn't do it? They have yeah. no idea that all their indoctrination is kicking in now. Yeah. And that's why a lot of innocent people go to prison because that jury don't know that they're already biased and prejudiced. Yeah, Black and no. white. No, absolutely. Yes. Well, you know what? It's funny because I was just thinking about this whole thing with the Capitol, and I was like... That's when, the, you know, it, it was an opportunity to show up because it's like most of those people that were fighting for Trump, they were climbing that wall where people that say blue lives matter, but then they fighting the police too. So I was like, <laughs> what happened there? Like, I thought blue lives matter. When they came in, like, was you supposed to just, oh, well, you know what? Let's just give up because right. these are the police here now and they're blue lives matter and we're supposed to do what the officer says. Like, what happened to that there? Like, when? Yeah. So, um, they pick and choose. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I'm like, but okay. that's, that's human beings all over the planet, though. That's what yeah. we have to, that's all of us. Right. No matter where you're at in this world, human beings are going to be whatever they biased. think is good for them, going to be biased. Yeah. That's nature. I, that's I think, natural. I, I think, though, the beginning of that is knowing, like, see, you're, you're, you're ahead of a lot of people because you understand. You know what I mean? Like, I understand that my worldview is limited because I haven't left the U.S. I've been probably to Mexico, and that's it. There's people that travel the world that have a better worldview than I do. So I, I have to keep that into consideration when I think about, you know, matters overseas. So I think, you know, that's the first step if it's knowing that we don't, that, 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 that we are indoctrinated, that, and okay, how does this affect my behavior? Mm -hmm. So I think once you tap into that and understand mm -hmm. that your conditioning 
then that's the, the 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 time you start unraveling it and saying, okay, yeah. you know, how much of this? A lot of times I have to ask people for a second opinion because I'll be one to right. be like, that sounded kind of racist. What'd you think? Like, that's good. Though. Yeah, I, I gotta. I don't know, man. Maybe I'm taking it the wrong way. But he's, I willing, he's willing to challenge his his own thoughts. Sti- and that's, yeah, dogma. And yes, yeah. Stigma. What, what what started me on the road of changing was I always hated the police, and I was like. What happened was I had I married and I got a kid now. Right. My son is four years old. We're watching this movie and it's with that Julia oh, what's that Roberts? name? No, not Julia Roberts. The other one, but she was in the movie with this black guy. She was messing around with this black dude and her son or child died. And so then the investigation, so they thought the black, you know, was, was in a black community. Was it like losing Isaiah or something like no, that? No, but what happened was she gave the baby some medicine to go to sleep so she could run off with the black dude and the baby died. And what was her name? Julia. Oh, God. She played... See, you guys... Y'all don't remember Boogie Nights, right? Boogie That's Nights. what... She played Mark in that Wahlberg? movie. Huh? Oh, Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, but she was like Roller Girl or somebody. She's one of the movie stars. I know you guys know her. She's, she's a big star. Anyway, my son was watching TV with me, right? And he says... Dad, and the police was fighting the crowd. You know, they was pushing the crowd back. And my, he's four. He says, Daddy, I hate the police. I said, whoa, it's time to cut that shit off right now. We got to have a talk, son. Because what I seen was it was it was generational now. I grew up hating. Yeah. Don't even know why. Media, other experience from black people, whatever. Yeah. I haven't had bad experiences with the police up to this point. Well, I was doing thug shit, so I did have a bad experience. <laughs> but a lot of that was the way that I, that I was perceived. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and that's one of the things I tell people is that, you know, if you got your pants hanging off your ass and you look like a thug and they know that you probably don't have any representation, you might get treated some type of way. I think people wear suits. Suits are like a they're like a disguise because you you don't know if that's a Jehovah Witness or a lawyer. You don't know. <laughs> like if somebody like if, if somebody that look like a thug come knocking at your door, you're probably gonna be more afraid if it's somebody with a suit. You ain't gonna two open men, it. You two men with a suit it. come knocking at your door. You I still feel, ain't gonna open it. Yeah, you know, but you gonna you gonna feel like that thug dude. You gonna grab your pistol, like maybe if I shoot this guy, it'd probably be justified if he's up to something. Now them dudes in a the suit, they roll up and they want to try to take you out of your house. You're gonna feel a little bit more disarmed, like maybe that's the FBI. I don't know what I did. Oh, I mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So a lot of times, I think it's 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 um it's just it's just how you how you're perceived, you know. Um, but the thing is, like when it comes to like prejudices, I kind of like it when people are, are are have stereotypes or or if they show me, like it's like you, it's like it's like playing cards. When people show their hand and they think I'm a certain type of way, I like it because that t- tells me their mentality. Now I can manipulate their mentality. You know what I mean? Because I know that okay, X equals Y, and if he believes in this, these variables are probably taking place. Right. So so when people are doing that, like one of the things is, I always show up uh, early for work. And because I know that they already expect, oh, he, uh, yeah, we hired the black guy, but we're gonna have to give him a fifteen minute, you know what I mean, like a head start because we know that he's gonna probably be late most of the time. So I try to kill that stigma by showing up to work early. So you know, it's certain things that I know. You know, he said we gotta navigate a certain way. There's this different set of rules for us, but the fact that we know that gives us a heads up to now we know, okay, we're gonna have to find a different path. But this is why I would say I wanted us to start thinking differently because. How I kind of see it now is, let's take the Donald Trump presidency for a second, right? Kanye West said, I'm voting for Trump. And niggas hated him. Excuse my language. They was mad at him. Man, it's just his, like you believe in Democrat, he believe in Republican. Why would you fight another human being based on political 
different idea. Which he is not known for. He's not known for politics. Regardless, so so. But look, I was at the bar the other day and lied to you, and I was talking to some cats, and we got to talking politics, and so I said, okay, I don't vote, but if I would have voted, I would have voted for Trump, because I felt like he was a better candidate than Biden, because the work the country had several times to pick Biden in. Okay, he's been around all these years. We know his story, but he never wins. So the country kind of told Biden, "No, we don't want you as president." Now you get Trump, right? Now what did Trump do so bad? I ain't say what he say because everybody know Trump's a dick. Yeah, they knew that when they put him in the first four years ago. Okay, he says what's on his mind and he steps on his own tweets, dick a lot of yeah. times. But what did he do so bad that would those voters that put him in the last time? wouldn't come back and support him again. What did he do other than the COVID? I think he has a bully mentality and a lot of people can identify with that. Because Shane, wasn't he that way four years ago before he even became president? Yeah, yeah, he was. I think, but I think, um, I don't know, because that, that, that's my assessment is a lot of times bullies get their way in America. That's just what it is. If you want to take some shit, those are the people that are in charge. It's people mm-hmm. that people that end up hoarding over you or lording over you, they're people that take shit. They're people that take chances. People that, uh, you know, you know that. So those are the people that tend to be in charge most of the time. But let me get this point though. I want to this my point. Those black guys said to me, "Well, we didn't vote for Biden because we really voted for Biden, as much as we was voting against Trump." And I said, "Aha! You you fell into my trap. That's the black man's problem. It's because because you don't like this cat." You can't see that he might be a better candidate than a Democratic guy because he's a Democrat. So you're going to put that Democrat in. That showed right there that we're still voting on emotion, not facts. Right now, Trump probably would have been better because the last four years, nothing really got messed up. Business was flowing. Gas was kind of okay. Now Biden is back in. What this? No, nobody was really voting for Biden. They was voting for Kamala. I think. <laughs> mm. No, nobody knew Kamala until you know. And again, the Democrats played that. And that's my point, Shane. The, the, the Democrats keep throwing these tricks and bones to black people. Oh, it's a black Shady. woman. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I get it. First they could have had you, Tulsi Gabbard. They get, you, they get who? Tulsi Gabbard, the chick from Hawaii. She's a senator. Uh-huh. She like super. She. In one of the debates, she tore Kamala down. Like uh-huh. she just exposed her. Like, yo, you did this. You passed this law. Like, right. what are you talking about? Right. Yeah. So, so I'm gonna say this. I'm, I'm gonna pass it. Okay. So let's take Barack Obama. We all was like, the world was excited, right? <laughs> and then the Trayvon Martin case happened. That kind of like, damn, Barack, you couldn't be a little more, you know, vocal. Like America's not gonna tolerate this or not, you know. But he kind of said, oh look, the jury made the decision. Move on. Now, what really got me is that picture. When that white woman from Arizona, what's her name, Brand Brewer or whatever, Jan, Jan, Brewer, Jan Brewer, was in that brother's face with her finger, and he didn't even have enough decency to be like, bitch, get back, the president. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He just sit there and took it like, uh. So to, to me, that's to me. <laughs> like, he could smack a bitch. Like, he you know what I mean? Like, you're the president, man. Take you're like, order. bitch, get back. He's supposed to say, bitch, get back. <laughs> Security, take care, Jan. You know what I no, mean? No, because... But, but the thing was, that Democrat president, he can't show no balls as a black man. Right. Okay? Right. He can't. The Democrats don't want you there right. if you're going to show some balls. However... What the Democrats do now? They brought Jamila Harris and black folks. Said, oh, we got first black. Anytime you get a first black woman as vice president and not a white woman, man, you can't trust that. Now, you know, we don't. I mean, we have plenty of white presidents and then we got a brother. Now, you think Hillary Clinton. 
is happy about this. I'm sorry. Yo, that lady is turning. You think she's happy about this shit? Fuck no. Fuck no. They broke ranks on that one because he was like, wait a minute, goddammit. I didn't get presents for twice. I got my ass kicked. And she going to get vice presidency and she ain't even, she's not a heavy contender. She's just yeah, what she a judge or something? Well, I think because I think Democrats got too many people to uh to appease when they get in there. You know what I'm saying? They got too many social groups to appease and they, they don't want to offend anybody. I think Republicans, they they it's it's kind of narrow. It's like, hey, you know, we're gun toting Americans and we Yeah, I think that's the the you know Rep- Republicans, I think they're perceived as more stronger because they're bullies, you know what I mean? No, I think Republicans uh, are are lobbyists. They they fight for what they want and believe. Right, right. They don't yeah. ask nobody. Yeah, the, the, that's what I'm saying. They they, they, that's that's the bully mentality. When they're like, when democracy doesn't matter and and your word and and how many people voted, then we're gonna come in and fight. Like that's how the people felt about when they climbed that that wall. It was like we don't care. Yo, they were so proud, taking videos, pictures. Like that, 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 they were so fucking hyped, thinking nothing's gonna happen, nobody's gonna find out. They were banned <laughs> off flights. Their uh, employers were like, "Yo, y'all getting laid off." So they, what would they make that Trump wasn't president or he had lost? That the elections were rigged. Were rigged. They were basically like trying to stop the Senate or whatever from confirming Biden as a president because of the votes. Stop the steal. And you know, I'm telling people on my job. All those white people that was climbing that fence went home to their nice homes, their $50,000 pickup trucks, and their businesses. They didn't lose anything. They didn't lose anything. This is pride. This is ego. You see what I'm saying? So, Americans, we need to accept, for the most part, most of us really have no reason to be climbing over Fences because America isn't that bad. Yeah, I hope I, you know, if they fight and say we don't want it to get that bad, we're gonna make sure. Then I'm with you. But stop fighting over shit that don't matter. You know what I'm saying, man? Why? Why are we? They can't even you? give us any money. They they trying to hold out the pocketbook. They're like, mm, mm. and then we get all excited about a vote. The thing is, like Shane said, until we get together and start building our own little businesses and our own little wealth. It doesn't matter who you vote for. You're going to get the same result. That's it. So I, I just don't, I, I get confused why we still voting. Because that's why I don't vote anymore. Because I feel like, look, I've been, I was a Democrat all my life. And guess what? It didn't help me get through college. It didn't make my dreams come true. <laughs> the only thing that's going to do that is my hard work, my effort. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Exactly. And mm-hmm. then, and then, but you know what? I mean, I know this is, it's, there's a gang dynamic in America, man. From the you know LGBTQ DPGCs or whatever however you say to like uh, even bo- motorcycle gangs like a lot of my friends it was gangsters growing up now they in motorcycle gangs I mean not oh sorry motorcycle clubs <laughs> but now it's just like people understand that in order for you to make moves in America or have people afraid to fuck with you you gotta have like a, a, a group of people it's like okay we can't just pick him off because we're gonna have a whole lot of other people we're gonna have to deal with. So I think this is that dynamic, man. If you want to do something in America, you gotta you gotta create an organization. That's just that's the key word. Is just organization. Organize. Yeah, organize. And create your organization. Yeah, right. I agree with you. But yeah, so um, but I mean, like I say, you know, um, that's one of the things I try to do is I try to click up with people that and help me build because, you know, I should share ideas with just everybody. And now it's like I know who I'm gonna who's gonna provide mm-hmm. positive reinforcement or give me ideas and. And you know what I mean, mm-hmm. and, and and allow me to to expound on or expound on whatever I, I bring to the table. So I think that's that's a big thing too. Is just you know organizing, 
Um, I can only be afraid of things for so long. Like, there's a certain amount of fear that I can operate with that just kind of keeps me on my toes. Right. And I think that's the thing about America is that there's a there's a fear threshold. If if, if you keep it in the middle, people will just be happy with their two days off, partying and right. drinking. Mm -hmm. But you put too much fear and people want to start rioting because yeah. the so COVID thing. Back. Yeah, the COVID thing is like, people are like, you took in away our quality of life. Why should we want to live... Like we're not afraid to lose our lives if you if you take away the quality of life. So that yeah. so that's the threshold. We'd rather go to work and take a chance on getting COVID than sitting at home yeah. waiting on a stimulus check. Yeah, exactly. That, and not, you know, not then you don't know what that shit means. We got to pay it back. Or you gonna raise taxes? And we can't go out mean? on the weekends and enjoy like nothing. Five days of the week we working. Life sucks. The only time that we had to enjoy life was those two days that you gave us. Now you trying yeah, to take away the two days away. and we can't go to the bars and we can't go to the pools. <laughs> And we can't enjoy life. So that's the, that's what you can't do is you can't threaten somebody with taking their life when you done took away the quality of the life already. Anyway. And we see that in, in third world countries all the time. Mm -hmm. These people out there with bottles and throwing Molotov cocktails against machine guns because they don't have the quality of life. And once you take that away from they a person, they, got nothing to lose. they ain't got nothing to lose. I went to a strip club. That motherfucker told me I had to sit down. I could only get up to go to the bathroom. That the bartender would bring you a beer and the table dance had to be six feet away. I said, God damn. What's the first? Why would you even hey, go? I heard some strip clubs club? were outside though. In some places, they were outside. 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 Well, they might, because they, maybe they can't regulate outdoors. <laughs> but indoors, I mean, so your table dance, she had your table dance six feet away from you. It's like, we're already wearing a mask. It's like, you know, it's just, it, it's ridiculous, man. You, you have to question is the COVID, like somebody said, it's like, Taking a, a, a AR-15 to kill an ant. Are we overdoing it here? <laughs> yeah. Are we underdoing it? I was hiking. I went uh, up Flatiron Superstition, and on the trail there were some people with masks, and they were like trying to social distance. And I'm like, I'm with my friend. She does jujitsu, and her family they're super active, marathon mm -hmm. running or gymnastics. So we good. We chilling. We're not like. And everybody's just like scared, leery. We were going all the way to the top. There's certain mm -hmm. points where you can go uh, a little viewpoint. You can see the little, you can see the city. But we were going to the top where you can see Mount Lemon mm -hmm. all the way in Tucson. You can see the whole valley. Siphon like, draw, huh? Is it siphon draw? Past it. Oh damn. Yeah, like <laughs> all the way to the top. Damn. I'll show you a video. <laughs> um, and like on the way down, like on the top, it was windy. It was cool. We ate some lunch. Um, then on the way down, my jujitsu coach hits me up. He's like, yo, I'm going over to this school today. Do you want to go? And like, we started at 10 o'clock and we were coming down. We got to the car around like 4.10, 4.20. And like, I'm exhausted. This We're climbing rocks to get up there. And on the way down, you got to watch for your feet because your feet, mm -hmm. like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's a tough climb right there. Yeah. That's a tough rock. Um... So I'm like, fuck, like, I'm really, my body is tired. My body wants to rest. I just want to go home, shower. But I'm like, yo, I really want to train that with these other people. Like, I don't care if my body is tired. If anything, like, that's when I, my real training is going to show up. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm young. Let's go. So I went. I had a couple good rounds. I trained with one of their best guys. Uh, it was a small little thing, but the coach was watching me. And, like, we I got in that night at twelve and I was just like, the fuck, dog tired, like tired because it was a drive from. So I got home after the hike, showered, got my uniform, met with the met with the coach, drove like an hour to surprise, and then 
come over here just after a long ass day. But I was like, yo, mm-hmm. who, who can say they did that in one day? You know right. what I mean? Right. Went to the top of the world and trained jujitsu, had a good, this quality of life. It's quality. Yeah, that's it. And and they shouldn't. And that's why I think it was political. Um, you remember right here on like Third uh, Street and Van Buren, that shopping plaza right there, the north side of Van Buren. Mm-hmm. It's all those little stores there, man. It's Hooters. It's uh, Coastal Ice Cream. It was all these little stores. They always have been, right? Mm-hmm. That place was so vibrant, man. It was just you could any day. You just dozens of people would be out walking around. The COVID came, no one. It's like a ghost town now. Hey, I, got, I got a question though, man. Did the strippers have on masks when you were in there? Yeah, yeah <laughs> <you got laughs> strippers. For real? Yeah. Looking like Mortal Kombat. Looking yeah, like they got with, Yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy, man. But that's part of what they're, they're selling, though. Like they should at least have a face. Shit, yeah, I know, not, man. Like, like, like who that look like? Who that look like, Neil? I don't know Lamont from. Uh, uh, Lionel like, Richie? Uh, Y'all don't see the resemblance in him? Y'all don't see this brother in him? Uh, That's Peebo right there. Peebo Bryson. Y'all don't see Alberto in this guy? It's Peebo Bryson? That's his dad. No, Let no. Me see. I used to tell my girl, I said, man, look at this guy. You can't tell me Africans aren't Africans. Look at that, man. That's, Let me see. Hold on. That's the gap, man. That's Charlie Wilson when he was his age. Peebo Bryson. Oh, Uncle That's Charlie. Charlie Wilson. That's Uncle Charlie. <laughs> Uncle, Uncle Charlie. He do but he that. looks like he looks hey, like. Hey, um, don't he do stuff with Snoop Dogg? No? Yeah, he sings, man. He's a baby. He's a boy. I thought that was him right there. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> oh God. But uh, but no, man. Like I said, I had um. Oh, what was we talking about? Um. Well, I tell you what. This brother, man, he put it down the other day. He was really talking about, and he, he, I think he might be one of those Israelite brothers. He might be one of those Israelite brothers. Okay. I forgot his name. Oh, my God, I wish I could remember his name, because I would like to hear you guys, you know, when you go home, listen to him. What he say? He was talking about, the. what he was saying, I, to me, I'm going to say. You saw it on YouTube? No, it was it was on, it's, I can't remember his name, but you can listen to his uh, his speech. Okay. But he was talking about wherever you go in America and sometimes over the world, the black man's situation is almost the same. You know, very dependent on other economies, you know what I mean, to make a living, so to speak, is what he's saying. But he said, as slaves in this country, our identity was taken away from us. Let's say that be the case, if that's what really happened. Okay. He said, what happens when you take somebody's identity at the same time you snatch their standard of living? See, I was telling my aunt the other day and got cussed out. I believe that a young woman, when she go out, whether she got family or not, when she go out in the world, she can't bring home any old body. She can't have babies by any old body. It got to be approved but her fa- you know, if she got family, her family. If not, her adopted family. What's going on is now we got women who's having babies by men who are not raising the kids, who are not there. It's almost normal in the black community. Shout out to the Hispanic people, Latinos. I I, I fuck with them on that level because those those Mexican men work their ass off all goddamn day. Now, I'm not saying they ain't players like we are, but <laughs> their family come first. You see what I'm saying? They don't their family come first. Some of them send their money back to New Mexico. I mean, back to Mexico, what have you. They're taking care of families, what I'm saying. I know from my own experience, 
Black men, we, we losing on that level. We're not raising our babies. We're not taking care of our women. A lot, a lot of times, We're not too. doing it. Yeah. And we got to accept it and stop bullshitting about it because that's what leads to the predicament that we're in today. Young men and women have to grow up with identity that they get from you and I. First, it starts at the home. Then we send them out there in the world with no identity who they are. So now they easily they can be, you know, when they make those millions, I ain't helping out niggas. I ain't doing nothing. <laughs> because they don't know that that's your job. No, because yeah. we don't ingrain that in them. Well, I noticed that too. You know, being you know, being a small business owner, I noticed a lot of people, you know, that I that I feel like should be like supporting me or that, that I grew up with or whatever. They don't like, you know, you go on Facebook and none of your friends wanna, you know, buy nothing from your business. And I don't take it personal because I understand how it is, is that you know, most people that they're, they're not going to um, they they don't value you until they see other people. You know, mm -hmm. what I mean? until you create your own value for yourself, and they see like this man really believes in what he's doing and himself. Mm -hmm. Like people respect. I think that's that's one of the pills that Trump has is that he feels himself. And people in America, we feel people that feel themselves. You know what I mean? But to a certain extent, to where it's like, okay, if you feeling yourself makes me feel like a piece of shit, then, then that's where I draw the line. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah, but Trump Trump don't need validation from us. This, right. this, this, is why, this is why I try to get black people to understanding. We're still asking white folks and the world and everybody else for validation. You need to tell me I'm somebody for me to feel like I'm somebody. Right. When, I, when you hear from me, if I tell you, Sean, Shane, you can be King T-shirt in five years if you keep it up. Right. Now, if Donald Trump came in here and said that shit, or 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 some white some, some white businessman said it, it would mean something because these people you look at like somebody they have they accomplished, they've done it. I know they know what they're talking about. When we see each other, we don't really we don't really see success. We just got to be even black people historically when they make it big, what happens? They cross over. That means now white folks buying your and when white folks buy your albums, man, you gonna get your mansion soon. Well, see, I that's, think, I, that's coming when white folks buy your shit. I, but when you buy for when we buy your music, oh, you might get a nice house, you know, what I mean, two car, three car garage, but you ain't getting no mansion. Yeah, if I, only black folks supporting you. I think, like mm -hmm. I say, energy is neither created nor destroyed. I think when you create that like mastermind group to where you're feeding that energy, you know, the energy feeds off. Like I said, I sit there with my man, uh, Mister Seven Fifty. <clears throat> And we'll just sit there like lighting each other up with information. And I think, you know, um, when you're when you're in a situation where you're creating value and you're feeling valued and uh, you know, like I say, we always talk that you invest in somebody is by I mean your investment is I, I put five dollars in, I get ten dollars out. But there's a simple investment. If I got a dusty book on the shelf that I don't read, it's not any value to me, and I pass it over to you and, and you read it and it helps you get to the next level of your profession. I created value one in myself because now you value me for giving you that information. I created value in that that resource that I gave you, mm -hmm. and also I created value in you. So I think you know, going back to what you said, you know, we don't we don't find value if we don't value the people that are saying that. I sit right. there with certain people, and when they tell me, "Bro, that's oh, that's a good idea," it lights me up because. I've invested value in them, and they turned around and invested it back in me. So every time we have these conversations, we're lighting each other up because we're just trying to figure out how to help each other grow those ideas. Like, hey, I believe that's possible, you know, and I'm scanning my mind to figure out other resources and ideas that I can help to make this man valuable because then he's going to come back and he's going to in turn help me feel more valuable by giving me either information or giving me the positive reinforcement I need. Mm -hmm. 
So we got to be real careful about these groups that we're building, and we got to, and that's why you know elite groups, they don't, we don't know about them because they try, they forced to keep, they got to keep niggas out to keep the toxins out to yeah. keep the yeah you right about that <laughs> you know what I'm saying yeah. so like yeah. when I say like I can't deal with a lot of typical niggas like mm-hmm. I got off somewhere the other day I was at the UPS store and I seen these dudes having this conversation. I didn't even have to talk to them to understand that they had a nigga mentality because they were so loud mm-hmm. and I was hearing the conversation. Mm-hmm. And I was already like, man, I can't fuck with them niggas. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, And it's sad, though, but mm-hmm. at the same time, there's black men that I can deal with. They just got to be of a certain on a certain level. They got to have that mentality that they're overcomers, that their situation is not right. greater than them, that they create their... You know what I mean? They right. create their situations. They create their mind. You know what I mean? Through right. you know, positive reinforcement, information, mm-hmm. wisdom... And these things, so um, it's just that, you know, it's just, you can't, it really comes down to is, you know, uh, what is it? All skin folk ain't kin folk. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But that goes back, you got, I was watching one, one like one week, man, all I did was watch African president documentaries about African, how they, how they come to power, how they fail. And, and they, one thing they all had in common, okay? But usually when they tumble, they had fell out of favor with the European business interest people. Let's say that. Let's let's call them business interests. Okay. So what happens is for many African kings, when they pro-black, when they want to build their country, man, they find they have a lot of obstacles in front of them. First of all, many African nations' economies are already dependent on Europeans' uh, influence. In other words, Africa got the diamonds, but they don't have a market. The white, well, the Europeans create the market. Mm. So you have all the diamonds in the world. You can ship diamonds. If you don't have a market, what are you going to do with them? Yeah. It's like when somebody steal a $100 million diamond that he can't get rid of. Ain't nobody touching that, bro, because you don't, he don't know where to take it. Mm-hmm. So the black man, we got the resources when it comes to Africa, but we don't have the market. So he has to go through the European interest to get his resources on the world market. Well, who controls the market controls pretty much everything else. So the black people in Africa, they don't really get a chance to uh, benefit off their resources because they don't have the market, okay? Now, this one brother, I remember his name, his name was Kwame. And many of these presidents were educated in Europe. They go to Europe and get educated. Yeah. And yeah, they come I mean? back with new ideas. Yeah, a lot of them. They come back with these. And this now, again, we're talking about the 60s and the 70s, maybe the 80s. Okay, but they get educated and then they come back with these ideas and they want to do for their country. And what they what I find from watching these documentaries, when you take an educated and I hate to say this, I hate to say this. When you take educated black people. It's easy to find the uneducated black people to go against them. Yeah, because one one in the documentary, one of the brothers said, I would have rather for him to let the white man rule over us. Than to be under him. And all Kwame was trying yeah. to do was get black people to be independent, build their own everything. But he says, we don't have enough educated, qualified people. And he don't mean reading books necessarily, but he means we need this, this, this transformer or whatever. Can the people do it? And I identify because I just watched these people build this 202. I never seen no shit like that in my life. <laughs> they started, and I remember when they were saying, oh, the 202 coming, and I would drive down 59th Street thing. Well, how the hell are they going to build this shit? They can't move this whole neighborhood and this whole, I'm, I used to go every so often and I would look at these people a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. And I said, You talking about in back, in back of South Mountain? 
No, it's, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, but two or two from the it starts at the one on one. It starts at the ten. Yeah, it goes all the way down down to uh, uh, Chandler and and, yeah, and yeah. over there. Yeah, but I watched these motherfuckers build, and I would go every so often to see their progress. I couldn't understand how they was going to do this. Shane, you hear what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Listen, well, they're going to bring yeah, it down yeah, 59th cause, Street. Because they're visionaries, and at that time you were a settler. You just no, had to no, work. No, no. I was, I, was, I was in awe. Oh, like, I know they can do it, but I'm trying to think how they yeah. do it before. I'm trying to see how smart I can be. Oh, okay, if they come this way and come. But I could not figure out how they was going to bring that fucking highway over a community that was already there. Right, right. So, so, But going back to that, that's the same problem that we have. Is when we're trying to explain something to our community, mm-hmm. just because the brothers don't understand how it's going to be done, right. they want to shoot it down because See? they don't have that vision. That's us. To, that's our biggest problem. Now these white boys and Hispanic, it wasn't one or two brothers out there working. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying <laughs> but one or two. But you had the guys with the engineers and the, and the, the, all these different talents come together, and they did it. Mm-hmm. And I draw today, man. Man, this is incredible. And I look at how they brought, and they moved some shit out the way, some shit they just went over, they went around, over, uh, these motherfuckers did it. They blew up a mountain, too. They did it. Yeah. And I said, damn, you can't get a black man together and build a bubblegum factory. Then <laughs> <laughs> I'm embarrassed to be a black man yeah. in America. No, you, you that know what? these people can build highways over communities, and you can't, I just and we can't build a bubblegum factory. Today. I just watched a documentary about, it was like the Boyer Pharmaceuticals or something, where this guy Fuller, he actually, he purchased the pharmaceutical company in like the early 1900s. He purchased it from, a, you know, a white man and then he started his own business. Well, he took the business. He he hired a number of white salesmen. He hid in the background. There's a black know. guy? Yeah. <laughs> so it became successful. Uh-huh. And then finally, he like, he got to the point where he felt like he can unveil like, hey, uh-huh. he had a party for all of his employees uh-huh. where he was going to come out and congratulate them. Uh-huh. And then once they found out it was a black man that owned the company, uh-huh. then all of a sudden he started boycotting it. And it was uh-huh. just sad. Uh-huh. So that being said is um, sometimes, you know, one of the 48 laws of power was like hide your intentions. Yeah. You know what I mean? You you can't let everybody know everything. You can't. Well, I agree with you, Shane, but this is the point. This is the point. Black people, we need leadership. So if our great minds are hiding because we're scared, now you're right for average people. You, he's, I think he's right. But for black people and black children, we need, they we starving for somebody to come out and say, I'm not afraid. I'll pay, I'll pay the price <clears throat> for letting my people know that I love them, that I care for them, and I'm willing to suffer in the name of helping my people. That's what we, see, we not, showing Shane, we, we not, everybody else got leaders that that's already doing that. Right. Even the Hispanic people, you guys got it going on. These cats, don't let them fool you. Because the media keeps saying, oh, they're coming over the border and Trump, oh, we're going to build a, a gate. For what? They already here and they running shit too. They got business out the canoe out here. Yeah, yeah. The Hispanic yeah, people yeah. running shit out here. Yeah. That's that bullshit but, but media they, teaching you but they keep that, that you guys are poor that, and you're hunting. You, no, you motherfuckers. They don't advertise that. They, got keep, it going on. they keep that within their people. That, that's what it goes back and say. Like, a lot of the, you know, you see a tire shop on Broadway, it might be atta- attached to something out there in, in Mexico. We don't know that right. because they have a tight-knit community right. where they don't tell they don't tell their business like that. What's that restaurant, uh, the, the Carcinana? It's, I go there and get my, my little Mexican food. It's one right? on 51st Avenue in Southern. That place always packed, man. It's, it's where you go and you can get, like, um, the meats. One that- 
Uh, well, I don't know what you're talking about, but, but anytime you see one that looks like there's a hole in the wall, that's the one you got to yeah. go to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this one's pretty nice. Black 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 black. Hey, once again, they hiding the good food behind them ugly walls. But, she, but you it's know what? It's not corrupted. Yeah, it's not so, corrupted. So, so a lot of times, there are black leaders out there making moves for the community. We just don't see it. That's, the, that's what I'm saying. they got to move, they got, well, you know. But we got to see our Supermans. Cool. Got we question. gotta see them, but we, if we look for them, we'll find them. But your typical nigga so you is not gonna. You your typical nigga is not gonna look for that. He 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 wanna he wanna go with the people that media is putting in front of him. Yeah. If you read and do some research and you find out, you know, a lot of us don't know who's the most who who who's the um, um, richest black man in America. A lot of mm-hmm. you know what I mean off right. top without having to Google it. Right. So a lot of these things, like if you look it up, you'll figure out, and then we'll, we'll find out. But. Your average, but we, but you said we hidden, we hidden. We know we need heroes. If we see, look, the young black man is the best running back and linebacker in the NFL because he been looking at niggas through that shit for fifty years. Right. And he know he can. We don't see our businessmen, our Johnny Crockers. Go ahead, bro. I got a question because, like, uh, just you know, just to stay on recent uh, a subject, you hear the 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 term uh, black owned businesses. Uh-huh. Why why do they do that? Do you, what, what, why do you think? What's your take on that? Like, I don't. I don't like doing. I don't want to do that. No. Nah. I think again, that's like you putting the pedestal down. Like it's like, is it just for black people, or you just want to let everybody feel some kind of sympathy? Some like you don't want to know what I am. You got to believe in the, yeah, the goal, like, the mission, like, like, like you're, you're, the product, you're, the service. You're articulate for a black man. No, because, I'm articulate for a man. Like right, like. This, this. <laughs> because because it's like he said he goes I go I go to this Mexican restaurant every day we don't have to say hey this is Mexican owned because mm-hmm. when you go in there we don't just cater to Mexicans mm-hmm. but, but what did I just say you guys have that establishment already see mm-hmm. we see in other words you won't mm-hmm. know let's say you won't know black folks do anything if you go out in the world with your eyes mm-hmm. so if I go out in the world with my eyes I see Mexican restaurants Filiberto's Lisbeth on and on and on Food City on and on and on yeah. Walmart, Safeway, Fry. I don't have to look for, let's say, white business, Hispanic business, because it's there. I feel like there's an extremity. Like, you're, if you're black, you're either really wealthy or you're really poor. No, no, we we, we we very diverse. <laughs> well, no, you, no, but, you, but it's good you, to have somebody from yeah. that can give us so we understand what people thinking when they see us and, and so on and so forth. It's like you say, it's like you say, you, you hear about LeBron James talking about political things, but... That's not really his responsibility, no, right? No, no, He's too much yeah. on it. He running, by the time that brother finishes running that ball, he's going to be too tired to do anything. <laughs> he ain't, ain't going to be marching. <laughs> that nigga Bunyan's going to be killing him. But real quick, um, now when you say first black golf player, I don't care about that. Mm-hmm. Serena Williams was the first black to win 10 whatever. I don't care, care about that. But it's important for black people to know that there are black businessmen, there are black good lawyers, there are black good physicians. Those are things that matter to black children because at the end of the day, only few of us is going to make it to the NBA. NFL. Hey, you know how we're going to do it? Though? But the world is always needing great physicians and great lawyers and, and engineers, and those things are always in demand. Anyway, go ahead, bro. We're going to do it on the internet. On the internet. That's Everybody's on the internet. Everybody's on these streaming services. So... May it be documentaries, may it be like confessions, whatever, just because think about it. Who's how many people are watching YouTube? Everybody. But you know, what like, they watching? That's the question. Exactly. And like I find it hard, like I got homies who are like you see like a little bit of growth and like you see their conversations and you're just like 
I'm like, fuck, like, you're almost there. Let's go work mm-hmm. out. Right. Let's go do something hard. Right. You know what I mean? Let's yeah. go hike this fucking mountain. Let's, like, yeah. you know, let's... Because that's when you really going through it, like, yo, it's fucking cold, but I got to go work out. Right. Or I got to go train. Right. Like, that just makes you tougher. And, like, people don't... They're just the comfort. They just want to, like... Comfort, yeah. Yeah. And comfort, that's not comfort by is, chance. Comfort is Everybody's the, a couch potato. Comfort is the enemy of progress, man. Mm-hmm. And I say that... I invest in things that inspire me. Like, you know, my man over here make beats. And it's been times where I'm just sitting there like, yo, that beat make me want to write. Like, that's why I need to invest in that. Let me get that off of you. Anything that inspires me to to, to go out and do something, Mm -hmm. that's worth something. Because a lot of times you can't buy inspiration. Or it's it's just very rare that you can come across something that makes you, you know, that that motivates you to get up and better your situation. You you got to, you don't. and, and, and 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 that's what I was... Who I'm 51 now, right? I'll be 52 in a couple of months. Wait a minute. No, I'm sorry. I'll be 51 in a couple of months. I've come to the conclusion that black people' problem is not external. What's holding us back is us. It's us because like you just said, Alberto, you get up and you run up that mountain, that gives you conditioning. You can't sit on the sofa and say, Oh, I'm out of shape because I don't have no... The white man didn't build roads for me to walk. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We, we got to get that out of our minds. Look, yeah. I was watching the other day. I'm, I'm going to give you... I'm making fun of us now. I'm going to make a little fun of black people. I was at a restaurant not too long ago, and I seen these two chicks, and they were both 400 pounds apiece, right? And then if leaving this restaurant, that it's probably not the place they would want to be eating at, <laughs> but they were 400 pounds, right? And they had their take... They already ate... <laughs> But they was taking home a doggy bag, and they had a big, large soda. I said, one day, if they decide that they want to lose weight, and they mean it, they're going to have to leave those restaurants and all. Black people, the same way. If we truly want improvement, if we want to see better communities, more families raising children, then we have to let go the bullshit. But we don't. we want that bullshit. We want the... That you know that, that, that excuse is an excuse. Whatever it is, you know what it is. Fuck that. You know what? Nobody want to be a part of the ground level of anything, and that's why I don't even get mad at people. Because once it becomes, once I get to the third, fourth, fifth stage, I'm not gonna be like, oh fuck y'all niggas, y'all don't want to be involved when I was starting my business. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have jobs for y'all. Yeah. Because yeah. you, yeah. everybody's not a visionary. Yeah. You know what I mean? So now I got your attention. Yeah. Exactly. This is what we're gonna do. We're gonna start from the ground. Now I already did this. So it'll be easier for you guys, yeah. but you still gotta you, now work you gonna, your way you, up. Now you are gonna have to work your way up within the organization. Yeah. So, so you know, like I said, every, I have enough sense to know that everybody. I'm a pioneer. I'm a visionary. I see mm-hmm. stuff that a lot of people don't see, and mm-hmm. I. But I have to find other visionaries that can see. They might mm-hmm. not exactly see my vision the way I see it, mm-hmm. but they see the potential and the idea that I'm putting in front of them, and right. they're like, and they're helping me like build off of that. That's so it. that's the kind of minds that I'm looking for, and I and I notice because I toss. Some information now just to see how they receive. Are they gonna eat it? Are they gonna nibble on it and, and come back? Y'all think about what you said, my man. We could do right. it this way. All right, I could work with him. So I'm always t- testing people. I'm throwing out lines to see who the niggas are and who the black folks are, whoever, you know what I mean? Let, let me tell separate. you something. Spiritual spirituality is is a universal thing. Okay? Right. When you realize they say the universe. You are one of the what's the most superior creations the universe made. Prove me wrong. I'm talking about the human being. What creature in this planet 
is more capable than a human being. Prove me wrong, somebody. Tell me. Who else can fly a plane? We're also the most detrimental, too. So it's just wait, 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 no. wait a minute. Honeybees. <laughs> no, come on. What can, can they fly a plane? No. Can they make medicine? They can fly, though. They pollinate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they pollinate the flowers. Yeah, but yeah, well, we do that. Well, I mean, and the honey we, is a source of medicine. Gucci, but yeah, I mean, come same. on. But the point I'm making is everybody, every human being is has unlimited potential, man. Right. The thing is, it's here. Right. You create your own destiny. I really believe it. And why are we still free in America as of now? Because, you know, 100 years from down the road, we, you know, we don't know what's going to be. Right. But what is it that you can't do and create, Shane, Alberto, mm -hmm. my man over there? What is it we can't do? Name it. And don't don't say it. Prove it. Mm -hmm. Because I, I go out and I see all these cats making construction, right? I said, Ken, you can do that. Buy you some tools. Knock on people's door. Hey, you need your yard done? Now, I might have to start working out with, hey, you know what? Look, <laughs> I, I'm going to do your yard for 80% uh, off because I need the experience. Mm. So my first year, I may have to work. I may have to come out of my pocket. But guess what I know once I learn how to do that damn work? Guess what? All that money coming back to me plus more. Right. I know that. You can't, prove, you can't prove me wrong on that. But I got to be willing to get out there and learn that work meet people, talk to people, you know, get the folks who are going to work with me, those and some, you know, businessmen out there, some of them ain't going to work with you because they don't, they, they look at you as competition. Well, that's, that's so, I ain't going to teach you. That's that's what what you going to be taking money in my pocket. That's what socialism is about. If you give somebody something now, then they're going to, most people are going to take what they can get now versus something. They'll, they'll take 10% now and then they can get 100% later. But it's just, they're catering to that mentality of people that want to be Satisfied and not gratified, uh, you know, potential, you or know, desperate. Or, or or gratified, not satisfied. I, I can gratify you today, that, you know. That's how usury, you know, uh, and, and like in the Bible, usury is like not legit. Like you're not supposed to dangle something in front of somebody today mm -hmm. and say, "Hey, you can pay tomorrow, but it's gonna be interest." Because it's just that's just catering to human greed. And, and if well, you look at it this way, Shane. Let's say I do your yard, right? Let's say I you pay material. I covered the labor and all that. You paid material, right? I look at it like this. People are going to come over. Damn, Shane, who did your yard? You're going to say, Akeem. The least I can do is refer to that nigga. I mean, he did give me a good price. Right. You, It's your world. Now, what you just said, if whatever you think, whatever you imagine, that's what you're going to put out in the universe, and that's what's going to come back to you. Right. So it's up to you. So you have to find the avenue, the attitude, the idea that works for you. For me, I know people, and I know... When you do people a favor, they usually don't forget it. Like if you walking down the street and you need and it's a hundred degrees outside and a stranger pick your ass up, man, where you going? You going? I, I, I give you a ride. Now a year later, that stranger walking, you walking down the street, you driving down the street. Oh, I remember that motherfucker. He's the one who came in. You going? Most human beings, you can count on it, baby. Most human beings is gonna see that cat and remember he gave me a ride. When I needed one, and they're gonna return the favor. So that's that's my spirituality now. I have to because I can get into negative all day. Yeah, Karma. I can get into yeah, I can get into why because black people we have that for each other. I don't fuck no niggas. I don't want to talk to no niggas. Why? Because we know what we've seen and experienced. But what happens when I see that young brother? Like when I showed up to see this cat, and I showed up to see this cat. All I knew, they were black. That's all I knew. I didn't know who y'all was or nothing, but I said, man, I got to I gotta get out there. And, and, and two years later, is it two years now? 
It seems like it, yeah. We might have met friends for life because I didn't think about what you guys could have been. I thought about what I wanted you guys to be was positive brothers. And that's exactly what I got. Pop, right, but see, positive, but see, like but see the information that we put out, we had to draw each other out. You know what I'm saying? Like we, we didn't go to the club and find a bunch no. of other niggas. No. It, was, it was based on the information, because I was expecting to meet like 100 folks and get together. <laughs> it didn't work out like that. No, but no. see, but that's how it works. It's just, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Like It's like filtering something. Like You pour a, you know, a bunch of water in a pot, and you start heating it up, and a lot of them impurities is going to... And then you're like, damn, I, I thought I had a whole gallon. I had a whole gallon. Half a jug. You know what I'm saying? So that's what happens. Everybody is not a pioneer. So, right, you, right. you know, like, I'd rather have, you know, you few brothers in this room mm-hmm. than a hundred other iffy niggas. You know that's what all I'm you saying? need. They say you only need 10, 10 great men to change the world. Yeah, the yeah. The Marines would say we only need a few. Exactly. You, know, you exactly. don't need thousands. But, and, but, that's, but that's human life, period. See, look, look, whoever established America, whether it be the, the King and Queens people or Columbus, whoever did it, had some goddamn experience. They knew what they was doing. Right, right. Okay. They're they visionaries. Everybody probably thought they was crazy whenever they did it. So they probably started in Brazil. And from right. my understanding, the Europeans did start in Brazil. They did start in Africa. I mean, they was World War II, to my understanding, was about dividing up Africa. Germany didn't get that cut. That's why they were mad. <laughs> they well, didn't get that cut of Africa. They're like, hey, that's, and so then, you know, we got into World War II. But the thing is, the system that we live in has been around for probably five, six, maybe a thousand years. So for us to not understand that we already live in a system that's already controlled and created, that's that's our downfall. It's time for us to learn yeah. well, how to get all these people to believe in Christianity. I mean, you, I mean I'm, not, I'm not insulting religion, but think about it. You, if, if it's 100 million people in the world, 50 million believe that God one night was walking down the street and said, hey, Mary, what you doing, girl? Let me holler at you for a second. Literally, that's how the story goes. God had a baby with Mary. I mean, I'm not insulting nobody. Don't get offended if you're a Christian. But they're telling you that God put an embryo in Mary's womb. How do you get 50 million? That's what I'm saying. I don't care about if you bleed or not. But how do you get 50 million people to believe? How do you get half the world's population to believe? That's what I find incredible. Forget the story. I don't know. If God want to have a son, I'm pretty sure he can have all the kids he wants. I want his children, so shit. I mean, what the hell? That's how I feel. You know, he used my parents to get me here, but ultimately it took a God to take some sperm and an egg from a man and a woman, put that shit together and bring about a king. I mean, or Alberto, or a homeboy, or a shit. That's God's work. So why are we going to argue that God picked Virgin Mary, but people will argue, but I'm not going to argue that. What I'm saying is, isn't it incredible that somebody could get 50 million people to believe that? Because if I told you right now, if me and this girl was in the room for a month, okay? And she went in, she wasn't pregnant. And when she came out, she was pregnant. You guys say, can you touch that girl? No, I ain't touched her. I can't, come on now. You touch that girl? No, I didn't touch her. <laughs> you shoot me. Now, this nigga won't stop lying. Kill him. <laughs> no, God did that. Come on, uh, Shane. Anybody in the world would believe that. Uh, well, I think the Crusades, I think the, the, the extent you're willing to take something, because I see this all the time with mom and dad. My mom was sometimes, she just like, She'll just give it to my dad because he's willing to fight harder. I think that's the thing, you know, about anything in life. If you're willing to take it to an unnecessary level, it's been times me and my brother got into fights, and he knows that even though he'll win, it ain't going to be something that he's going to be able to brag about or feel good about because at the end, you're going to have to be iced up too. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to be over there sore, beat up too. So you might have you been the one to stop the fight, but you know what I'm saying? But it's like 
I'm willing to take it there easier. So, you know, I'm willing to take more of a loss. I'm willing to hurt me to hurt you. So that's the kind of people you don't want to you don't want to war with. And once people realize that you're that type of person, they start letting you have your way, or they just try to get out of your way. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, okay, he gonna make Vietnam is a good example of that. Yeah. You know, we just what the Vietnamese were ready to get so bloody and and so like, hey man, but you know J- J- Japan with the kamikazes, they was willing to take it to another level, to the unnecessary level, to where we're just like, hey, it's just easier just not to fuck with them people no more, or. You know what I'm saying? So you like when you when you chasing something, you gotta have that mentality. Like this shit ain't gonna stop without without taking you to a level that's it, it, it's gonna you fucking but, with my quality of life is ultimately gonna fuck right. with your quality of life. Well, do you really want to so do that? So now you gotta know if you, if we was playing chess, what's your what are you after? Right. See if if I don't if I don't know what my enemy's after, then he'll fight me over here twenty years and he'll just keep that war going on because he getting what he really after. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Right. But when people, and this now I'm bouncing around a bit, but when people have had thousands of years to indoctrinate you and condition you, they throw the problem over here and you go running over there. Now, I'm going I'm to not, not defend anybody, okay? COVID, okay? Whether you believe it or not, because some people believe it, some people don't. Some people had it, some people don't. The problem is, we're not thinking beyond. Why would they? Let's say, let's say it's not as bad as it was, but they made it this bad. Why would they do that? See, that's a great chess player. He's always thinking what his opponent right. is after. What happens is a guy. I, I played chess a few weeks ago, so he make a move over here and he make an intimidating move. I said, "Oh, he 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 don't see Bluffing. that I see. He's after my queen, but he knows that I'm not looking over here. And by the time I figure out what's going on over here, bam, checkmate." Because I kept falling for all the bullshit and, and yeah. indoctrinations that they teach us. Well, it's not about. It's not about. Ultimately, it's not about money. I think. I think probably focus is one of the ultimate resources. Um, is, the, is, is because if you think about it, man, um, I'll be sitting there at home and and everybody subconsciously or consciously is trying to take my focus off. Like my mom would just be asking me random inquiries that are just like. Little robot, and I'm like, nah. And I and and a lot of us are not conscious that third world country. These people, I've seen people build freaking empire. Like, I don't know if you ever been on Instagram and seen the people that. Oh yeah, yeah. Or YouTube. Yeah, YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're building these huts, <laughs> and they're like, Yo, I love those. Yeah. They're like, they're, there's no sound, no talking. They yeah. just got the little bucket yeah. basket. Go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, the little bowls, they fill them with sand and they get the water and the clay and they make the mm-hmm. walls because they don't have fucking YouTube, cell phones, all these distractions mm-hmm. that we think are good for us because, yeah, oh, sugar tastes good. I'm going to eat another candy. I'm going to watch this video again. I'm going to, all these things that mm-hmm. we don't realize are, are taking us away from our focus. Uh, you think about that. You know, porn stars, they're, they're powerful because people are watching them all the time and putting that focus into them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, just. So, so focus is, is one of the, is, is one of the, they're telling us that money, it's about money. No, it's about focus. Cause if you're well, focused. But what about, you well, throw time in there too. Focus time, and time. time. Exactly. Well, so, money, money is the distraction. See? So it's not about money for the powerful people. Right. Like powerful people don't carry cash. That's for poor people. Yeah. Donald Trump don't carry no fuck. You can never go to Donald Trump and say, Trump, can you break a 20 or 100? <laughs> Trump slap shit out of you. Man, get out of here. I don't care. That's not for those people. That's for me and you yeah. to survive. But money is is the game they play that we work for. They fight for resources. Yeah. They, they control water, electricity, right. 
food. They, that's the shit that they know we need. Right, and they take over. You gotta come see them. Yeah. Okay, how much money you got? When you hungry, you ain't gonna eat that hundred dollar bill. So that's the thing. You want pork chop? Yeah, exactly. So they take away the focus from us by sending us to work for eight hours, sending our kids to school for eight hours because the Rockefellers, the Carnegies, they know that if all your family gets together and puts their focus and resources together, they can be powerful. I know a family out there in Mesa. It's a Caucasian family. The mom. She treat she uh, homeschools all the kids. The the they're within like 20, 19, 17. They're around the same age, like late teens, early twenties. And I watch the dynamic that they have. They're like brothers and sisters, but they're all friends too. Like like they do stuff together, like they were friends. And I'm like, that's weird. Like there's no sibling. I'm like, nah. The the older sister was trying to buy the brother, the younger brother, a PlayStation Five. And I'm like, who does that for their little mm-hmm. brother? Like it was just weird. Like. But then I started seeing like the way that they like they keep a tight bubble. The mom and dad are always telling them what they can do and to think positive thoughts, how to focus on things to keep negativity out of the circle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so and I and, I and like even mm-hmm. I'll go over there with them. I get lit up because they're just like <laughs> that's what's up. Like the, the energy is <laughs> hey, so positive. Take me with you next time. Yeah, the <laughs> energy is so positive within them. Mm-hmm. Like you know what I mean. Like I had gave the you know I had gave the 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 uh, the son a jersey. He was so thankful about it, and then I just understood that. He had he was wearing that jersey of a of a of a professional. He plays baseball and the kid is so good that he's gonna be a pro one day. Not only that is that that they're putting it in his head is like there's no doubt that you're gonna be you a professional. Let baseball me ask you this question, Shane. That woman you just talked about teaching her own children. If someone showed up at her door and knocked on the door and said, oh, "Excuse me, ma'am, I really believe you should send your kids to public school. Trust us, we know what we're talking about." Do you think she would believe them? Hell no, because also That's she has a strong about. mind. She can think for herself. And somewhere in her life, she learned to do just that, think for herself. Public school don't teach you to think for it. It teaches you to follow instructions and do what you're told. Okay? 12 years in public school, I got out, I couldn't write a fucking essay. I was reading on the sixth grade level. What did you do with me for 12 years? Right. Told me to sit down, shut up, get in line, eat, get in line and sit down, raise your hand to pee. You taught me to do just what I do today, follow instructions. That's what I do at my job. The boss said, hey, Take this load and do that and do that. So they conditioned me for what they was intended to condition me for, to be on somebody's job doing a good job, which is not a bad thing because most of us are probably happy with that. So they really didn't fuck us over. It's when you want more than that right. that you're getting fucked. Right. Well, well, I wanted more than that. I want to be one of those cats with Prince building those fucking 202s around the country, mm-hmm. around the world, bridges and, and sh- planes and... I want to do something that I know I can do if I had the chance. Well, you know, you know, you, you know, you know what I do is, um, I work on my, like, I, so I work for a job, so I have I'm on salary, and in the daytime I work on pretty much like the computer, like like the stuff that I do for my job, and at nighttime I got to turn around and I'm designing clothes and I'm doing stuff for my, cause you can't when, when on your time that you feel like you should rest, that's the time you got to be building your shit. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of times we just like, nah, I'm just going to go ahead and have a couple of beers and I'm going to rest. And we'll settle for that because uh-huh. they're giving us that time to be able to relax, but we're not using that as, as productive time to build. True. So I could but be. But you shouldn't have to go to work for nobody else first. You should be working for yourself first and then do a couple of hours on somebody's right, but job. Right, but you, you got to learn from somewhere, though. So yes, that's what I. That's so I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm learning the business from my boss. And I'm taking a little bit of that, like, okay, you got to have a Dropbox for all your information because everybody's not going to have access to your computer. And if you have somebody working for you, they got to have access to your some of your files and mm-hmm. certain things that I'm learning. So, and, and you know what? For the most part, like, my boss forces my opinion on me. 
I don't really gotta have an opinion working for him because I'm gonna go be the boss of my shit whenever I'm done with this. Mm-hmm. But he's like, no, I want to know. I honestly want to know what your opinion is because your your creativity is what I'm paying you for because you you know your mind your your thought process is something that mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna use to build my company. Mm-hmm. Now he relies on me for that kind of stuff too, so that empowers me to understand that okay, some of my thoughts and ideas are good ideas that mm-hmm. I can use personally. So I guess it's that empowerment, like I said, goes back to being around people that empower you, that you empower, that you have that, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, synergy, that mm-hmm. that uh, uh, symbiotic relationship mm-hmm. with, uh, being around people that believe in you. And I take that yeah. and I apply that yeah. to my own, own, own business. And- and that's and that's that's taken back to what I was saying when you were a black person in America and other parts of the world. But your whole life you've been watching people that look like you get the shit beat out of them, or at least you you've been taught to think that you lose all that. What he just talked about having that uh, um, that self belief, that self faith, like that. Sean knows that little boy is probably going to have a good chance of being in the major leagues because he believes it. That's all it's about, that he believes he can be there and he should be there. Yeah. That, was, that's his right. There was a video mm-hmm. where I think it was Venus or Serena. I think it was Venus. His father, how he yeah, yeah, raised him. Yeah, and, and the guy was trying to like put doubt into him. He was trying to slide it in there. He's like, what makes you think you could beat this great... He's trying to kill herself. And then, and then the dad stopped that shit. Yeah. You, you have to be brutal... And ruthless what towards... What you mean? What you mean? Like, he got in the interview? Yeah, so he was talking to the little girl, Venus. The oldest one. The Venus. oldest daughter. So he goes, what makes you think that you can beat this lady who's a freaking already world-renowned tennis player? And in her mind, she's like, oh, she ain't nothing. I could beat her. And he's like, but why? He was trying to tug... He was trying to fish for doubt. And, and, Question and, her belief. Yeah. He was trying to fish for doubt, and the dad caught that shit. And he fucking he made it like a freight train. Like He was like, nah, you're not going to do that to my daughter. He realized what it was. That negativity is a seed that he was trying to plant there. But he shouldn't even have this. That's what I'm saying. Like, black people, why do we keep participating in a system that says you're not good, you're not this, you're not this? He, he, he had no business with his daughter there. Because if she's a child... I, what you gonna ask her? Yeah, I, but he didn't. I guess he didn't realize it at the time. Well, it, he probably did. It, it, but it, still. It, it was a nice. It was an interview, and he was like trying to get some Why exposure. He was a grown man. She was a little black girl. Why would he even talk to her that way? Yeah, That's what I'm saying. We yeah. we have let other people dictate the platform in which we communicate. That's what we got to stop. Right. Like right. I do. I go out now, and black people or white people, you know what I mean. I give you five seconds, and I either ignore you, or sometimes, like I said, I forget to keep my cool, and then I'm gonna tell you how I think. But that's my fault. The first time I see that you're an asshole, that's it. We're done. I'm done with you. You want to talk to me? Upgrade your personality. Yeah, I'm like that. The older I get, the more I, the, the less time I give to to ignorance and because yeah, yeah, it turns yeah. now, now you don't let this asshole piss you. Guess what? Now your whole day, your energy. Now you, you go home and take it out on your wife and kids. Yeah, it's the, because it's, this motherfucker done got on your nerves. Exactly. No, it's that. And I tell people like this. Like when I train my guards, I tell them, "Here's the thing." When you walking around this atmosphere, you're in control of the energy of the whole property. Like, as long as you're conscious that you're mm-hmm. in control of the energy, you're going to control the energy. But there's going to be somebody on the opposite end that Because, like, okay, for instance, me and my dad, we have different energies. And I'm not saying one is bad or one is good, but mine is the more creative, free-flowing. I'm going to create something. I'm making, working on this shirt. My dad has a more of an oppressive energy. He wants to conquer. You know, he always wants to... So sometimes our energies will meet and he'll come in and I'll smell like he wants to try to figure out how he can take me away from what I'm doing and apply my energy to his projects. And I'm like, and I'm over here thinking like, I'm trying to keep my free energy, but also I have to build a barrier to if he tries to come and take over, 
I have to be willing to defend mm. my, and now it it, it it throws my energy off because now I'm not able to be free. I gotta get on his level to mm. meet him. You know what I mean? So it's like he's gonna try to be like, "Hey, can you come out here and help me?" And I'm like, "Yeah, but when I'm done with what I'm doing," and he ain't gonna like that. So that's gonna create, you know what I mean? Some strife in itself. Yeah. So it's just those energies. I tell my guys, mm. "You're in control of the energy. It's up to you to keep the energy positive. Mm -hmm. You're gonna go that's somewhere, and somebody so on the other end." It's gonna want their energy to reign supreme. But you have to master that, Shane. That's the thing. You have to see. At least you you know it, so you you learning it and you can practice it. But you have to master that because I'm telling you, the split second you get pissed off, you've lost. And it's happened to me. It's it happened. You've lost. But it's it's so easy to forget that you're in control of the situation. I know situation. because people piss yeah, you off. But yeah. you, you, you you attack. But we have to just. It's something that we got to practice. It's a muscle. It's a muscle memory. It's and a I, hustle memory. And I give you this. This and this happened to me more than once. But the first time it happened, my son was about two. I had a Camaro. We was driving on the uh, the sixty. I was. I dropped my mom off at work. I'm coming home. This truck pulls in front of me. I had to slam on brakes with my son in the car on the fucking sixty. Right. My impulse was to go out and beat the horn, give him the finger. But my thought said, oh, "Whoa, Keen, your son is in the car. What, what if, if he got a gun? Yeah. What if he got a gun? What if we crash? I flip the car. My son gets hurt, or I get hurt and he's out here alone. They got to figure out." How to get this boy home? Because I lost control the split second I got pissed yeah, off. Yeah, because and that's that why you don't act with the first impulse. Because like the first impulse is to be emotional, and I think once like once once we um learn how to just calm down and and we work on breathing techniques, different things to where we know we can center ourselves. Now we now we're going into in the real world, the real world manhood. That's manhood. That's why a real man can keep his woman. Because when she gets stupid and act like a bitch, he don't turn into one. <laughs> we do. She do something stupid. We get all mad. We we you know we yeah. bitches now. Really, <laughs> we act like bitches. We can't keep our woman because you got two bitches. You gotta be sitting. trying to work things out. You yeah, gotta be you, a man. You, and I, dude, my wife, you know, did last. Okay, we got. I got blessed. I got approved for a home. Pre-approved. That's what they, I don't know what that means. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I don't know what that means. That's what the system says. You pre-approved. I don't know what that means. But anyway, it means like, okay, things are looking good for you. Okay. We found the house. We look around. We found a house that we like, right? She don't like the yard. The yard too small. And it's, and it's a school behind. It's a school behind the, the backyard. She don't want it. So now that means... If, you know the money revenue? If you can have like a soda machine outside... I see a lot of soda machines by schools. By school, yeah. yeah. But, so it's yeah. an elementary school. But anyway, yeah, that's a, that's a thought. So anyway, in my mind, I'm like, are you crazy? This is the dream house, and this is this and this and that and this and that. But the man in me is like, you know what, baby, shit. You don't want it? We don't get it. See what I'm saying? It's that simple. Because I'm a man now, so the fuck what? We don't get that house because you don't like the yard. Yeah, it's not that big a deal to me. Yeah. But back in the day, I would have been, are you crazy? Because that's this a detail. Gonna, yeah, like, get, oh. this, this is important. This is important. She said, the yard is too small. I don't want to be behind a school. It's too It's okay. Yeah, because but it, it's it, it, always yeah. things like that in a relationship that a man is supposed to be able to be a man about and don't get into. Because a lot of times, females, I like I like feminine energy because they they you can learn from females. Fuck yeah. You can learn from oh, they. They yeah. different than we yeah, are. Yeah, they yeah, get on your yeah, nerves, they, they but can, you can, can learn a lot you. from female, and they yeah, help you yeah. be better men. So when I grew up and I watched these black men let their black women go, you know, one after another, I said, "You fucking, you guys are stupid." But they think the grass is green on them, and you know what? They all die lonely and pathetic because they let the they let what the universe gave them to make you a successful human being, a successful man, get away. The universe gave you the woman. Well, you know, you didn't. You know, you didn't. 
It's something my, bo- my boss told Women, me. Women, sir, I mean, let's be honest. I'm just, I'm just, let's be honest. A woman, for me in my life, my mother, even my sister, my girlfriends, they have all given me more than I have given them. And, and when you treat them right, they're oh, more yeah. than happy to do yeah, so. Exactly. If you treat them right. Well, one of the things that my boss told me, that, and, I, and, I, and it stuck with me, is that, Shane, I don't have a strong opinion about this. And then I was like, damn, he the, he the owner of this organization. He's not going to waste time making decisions that he don't have strong opinions about. Like, that's what I delegate you a lot of the responsibility for. Like, that's not something that's going to strongly affect me either way, which way. I think a lot of times when people are control freaks, they want to control every fucking situation. Mm. And that's where you create strife. Because mm. if you were trying to create, you know, you know you're going to be happy wherever your wife's happy at. Ultimately. There you go. And I ain't going to be happy yeah. if she ain't happy. Right. So ultimately. <laughs> that, that's the universe right there. Yeah. So ultimately, you didn't have a strong opinion about it either way. Because you're like, I'm going to sleep there. I'm going I'm to shower. I'm going I'm to eat. And then I'm going to go to work. But like, wherever she happy at, she's going to make that house a home. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So mm-hmm. her strong opinion in that situation mattered more than you was like... More than mine, right. Exactly. Right, so right. I think a lot of times if we feel like being men, we have to conquer everything. Pick we have to have strong down. opinions yeah, about yeah. every situation. But being a man is just the opposite. Right. Knowing when exactly. to pick up your sword you, I got, and when to pit it down. I got standards, babe. You know when it come to this, mm-hmm. I, you know how I get about certain things. I got to right. have my den. Whatever. You can have the whole house, but you know... <laughs> When they come to the man cave, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. there's certain things right, that certain you're like, things. I'm pretty flexible, but certain things you already know before we have these conversations right, right, that, that, that I'm going to have right. a strong opinion about this. Right. So we don't, it's so liberating once you realize you don't have to have a strong opinion about everything. Everything. Like politics, people get into a lot of different, I'm like, you know what I'm I don't know, know nothing. Bro. I don't know nothing. Right. What's that? I don't know nothing. You can't get in trouble for not knowing anything. If anybody <laughs> right. asks you a oh, question, right. I don't know. I don't know now. Yeah, I don't know. Right. Yeah. That female energy. So during COVID, I got my yoga certification, like to All teach, right. and yeah. I was just like, I, teaching you know, me. like let me find some teachers. Mm-hmm. How can I figure this out? But there's no real like out here. If you're not like a lot of yoga teachers are gay, like male teachers, they're gay. Really? So it's yeah, like that's just it's female or gay men. <laughs> so I'm like, I just had a first like conversation with a gay man like last year for the first time. Uh-huh. But I'm like, I've always been around female. So uh-huh. like, let me see who's doing it. So my friend uh, Chandra with Hood Yoga, like she first started out like at my jujitsu gym, just like practicing there with Hood me. Hood Yoga, damn, that just sound fun. And then um, <laughs> eventually she moved up to like this hotel in Phoenix, and she had like a rooftop and a DJ, and like one of her biggest classes was like fifty. So I was just like, you know, she had merch, she had the Instagram going, she like, but I sat down with her and I'm like, yo, what is it? Like, what you gotta do? And she was like, you gotta get. The accounting, you gotta get the QuickBooks, you gotta like mm. anything is business expenditure, mm-hmm. you gotta hit keep reminding people, any of your close friends, tell them to, you know, like reach out for more. And I'm like, damn, like this is like, I would didn't feel like super comfortable going to just like an, a regular just gay teacher or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I was just yeah, but like just going with to that female mm-hmm. or to my other friend Coffee who like she's like oh. Um, she put me on to the yoga program like to get the teaching certification because mm-hmm. before you would either have to go to university or to like Costa Rica mm-hmm. or like something mm-hmm. exotic but everything was like online so it was like what Sweet. excuse do I have? Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like I got to show up do some work just like regular school but with this I'm going to make some money mm-hmm. I'm going to be able to be some brothers 
put some good out into the world. Mm-hmm. Good deal. That's what's up. Yeah, I've been, yeah. I was and telling it, my lady the other day, like, man, I wanted to try floating yoga. The one where you in the oh, pool. Oh, with the fabric? Yeah, oh, but yeah. I heard that's extra hard where you, like, got, like, a, like, a, you got, like, a floating uh, mat and you in the pool. Oh, yeah. And you got to stabilize yourself, too. Mm. You ever seen that? Nah, yeah, nah, so nah, you got to nah. stabilize yourself on the mat, too, as you're doing it. So it's, like, supposed to be twice as hard. Man. But, but um, nah, like I say, uh, I, I, I've been more open-minded the last couple of years. I used to feel like I used to read stuff about stuff, and I'd be like, "Oh, that's evil." Oh, that's. Mm-hmm. But now I'm like, you know what? If you ain't experienced it, how are you gonna make that assessment? Mm-hmm. Like me and my lady, we've been playing tennis for the last couple. Of, yeah, <laughs> for the that elbow. How's that tricep? Uh, the, it's it's all about the uh, the uh, the quads and the and the glutes, bro. Like that, that's where I was getting roasted. So we just <laughs> I don't know where I'm like, you know what? I'm at the Goodwill. I was like, let me get some of these rackets. Because I seen somebody playing over there by the park by my house. It's Cielito Park. And I'm like, hey, they, they got it. That looks like fun. Let me go grab some rackets. So I went and grabbed some rackets. And my lady, she like, she's the type that she's real open-minded about like physical stuff. Like, I'm like, they just climb this mountain. And she always keeps me like, hey, you better drink some water. Your lips is dry. And I, you know what I mean? Like, first you want to get offended. Like, you hydrate. Right, 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 right. So she's like the type that <clears throat> you need to do this and you haven't been... Um, you know, we need to go out and exercise and we need to do things. So she's always, she's like, I'm, I'm 38. I'm like, you're yeah, <laughs> I'm 38. She's 25. So she's, mm-hmm. I got to understand that I got to keep willing to grow and learn things because she's yeah. going to be keep growing. If, mm-hmm. if I get stagnant, she's going to outgrow me. She's going to want somebody yeah. else. Yeah. So, yeah. so she's always like, I'm like, you know what? Let's go ahead and grab these tennis rackets out there. So we went and we ain't even counting points. We just like, just trying to develop a rhythm. We going back and forth. With, we, and I'm like, did you yeah. backhand? Yeah, I, I started learning how to backhand. I was like, yo, I'm like, you know what? I could actually get good at this. And I was like, you know, running back and forth. And I was like making contact with the ball. Right, right, right. And, and we were sore as hell the first day. And it was so fun that we're like, you know what? Let's go again today. Mm-hmm. So we went. And then she actually called one of her friends from work that came. And, and she bought her son and anything. And this is a young, you know, kid. that He doesn't have any, you know, role models. Mm-hmm. So I'm able to get out there with him and just show mm-hmm. him how to make contact with it. I'm barely learning myself. Mm-hmm. But what I learned in that short period, I was able to pass on to him. And, you know, it's just a beautiful thing going out there and trying new things, uh, healthy stuff, being around people that, that be, can be corrected, can correct you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just the whole experience was I was learning. I was teaching. I was, you know, it was physical. It was a, it was a beautiful thing. But, yeah, it just... Think it is is it's creating those positive interactions, mm-hmm. environments, the people that you allow in your life. Absolutely, uh, and that so. growing part, like I say, man, that's that's it's sad because that's what happens to you when you are, to me, oppressed. Is that your your spirit is held back, okay? And when your spirit is held back, then you you hold yourself back. When your spirit says you had to kill me to stop me. That's just what that motherfucker means. Yeah. But when your spirit is down, there's no fighting you. You got no fight when your right. spirit, you ain't got no spirit. Yeah, sometimes your, your spirit will, out, will, will take you places in your, you didn't know your you body know was you even. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, Watch, this, is, this what, is probably a bad example, but we used to smoke dip. What's I dip? Know, dip is like sherm, PCP, and then oh, you. Oh, and weed or yeah, something. Yeah, like so you'd be like, there's, people, there's like stories of people that fought eight. Police like 150 pound dudes and like took on eight because their mind and their fit and their spiritual like it's didn't know war. that their body had any limitations mm-hmm. at that mm-hmm. point. Right. So that mm-hmm. it, that that's just like a that's a people using a substance to right. obtain that. But me and my buddy like like in the early 2000s we used to smoke it together. So we had some experiences to where like psychedelic spiritual experiences mm-hmm. to where we knew that wow. 
we're more powerful than like we were more powerful physically than 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 we allowed ourselves mm -hmm. to, to our so mind. I can only lift 150 pounds. Right, nah. right, right. So we, so now we're we're familiar with that part of our our mind to where uh -huh. it's like. What else are we capable of doing that we right. don't know that we are? Right. So now when we have those conversations, remember when you was dipped out, you jumped to the window and, right. and you didn't cut yourself? Like you were the spirit, like spiritually in your mind, you didn't know you were supposed to be hurt. You didn't know you were supposed to die. You know what I'm saying? What, so What I learned spiritual is whatever doubts you have, that's okay. That's normal because you're going into uncharted territory. But you do it anyway. The universe will start working things up. Like when I give you, when I first, my first real business I had was hauling cars, right? I was driving trucks around Phoenix, and we sold a house here in South in South Phoenix. Took that money, we went back to New Mexico. I said, "I'm gonna start a business." I didn't I didn't know nothing about car hauling, nothing. Literally, all I seen was these cats around here with a pickup truck with their three car hauler. You ever see those trucks with the three cars on the trailer? I seen them. That's it. I bought a fucking truck and a trailer, right? I know this is kind of weird, but I went to a club. I was out talking to this chick. She's an older chick. She works at the fucking uh, at the Chevy dealer. She's like, well, we need cars taken, you know, here and there sometimes. I said, oh, okay. She said, but I have a girlfriend whose husband does it, you know. He has the big 10-car hauler, right? So she meet, she introduced me to him. Boom. It just takes off. Now, it's not always easy, but working with him, I started getting my own customers. My name got out there. Why? The spirit, the universe. I, I said what I wanted, and I did what I had to do to start it. And then the universe put people, like you saying, put people that you need around you. That's what you, but you have to make the first step. It's the righteous, That's all it is, the first yeah, step. the righteous trajectory. I mean, even a straight bullet could make kills. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. <laughs> even straight bullets make kills, you know? Right. And that's what somebody told me is that as long as you headed in a righteous trajectory, you're going to hit your goals go sooner ahead. or later. You just got to go you, the right direction. Exactly, that's exactly. It. Yeah, and that's, and, that's, and that's the secret to it, man. So that means the reason why, you know what? I, I mean, I, I want to keep my job because I'm too old now. I think this is my I'm limiting. I'm limiting myself. Manifest. Well, I'm kind of comfortable driving. Don't be doing, comfortable. Well, you're right, but doing my little side jobs now. Uh, yeah. The side job thing might become to a point where, hey man, I got to quit my job. Yeah. And, and run this shit because here's the money over yeah. here. But the thing is to get started. So you right. know, I mean, I got, I got. I'm like you. I got my thing going on. I'm trying to get a little trailer. I got I got a lady already. She said, you can come do my yard. You know, we'll talk about price later. And I told her, she's my friend. But I'm like, I got to learn. I got to call these guys and see who's going to work with me, who's going to fit with me. They say, like, I get a guy, I say, hey, man, I want to pay $100 a yard. He say, okay, all right. But then another guy might say, no, I want $300, brother. I'll come out and work an hour. And I had a guy, he said, brother, he work an hour or eight hours. He wants $300 a day. He might be for some jobs, but for with me starting out with the smaller jobs, he may not be the guy to go to. So now it's just about finding the right people. Again, what I say, you pitch your foot out there, mm -hmm. and then the universe will bring you the right people. It's, it's, it's like I know it. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. when you get on that level, you know if you do this, you're going to be here. Yeah. But what happens is we start doubting ourselves. And we man, start thinking, uh, it's not going to happen. Well, you, you, that's why you got to be ruthless towards anybody. Because like, your, your idea is a baby. I tell people like this, that idea is a baby. If anybody comes 
and tries to shoot it down, that's like somebody smacking your child before. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You're going to sit there and let somebody hit your yep, kid. Yep. Like, no, nah, you're going to be like, no, nah, you know what? I'm cutting you out of my life because I don't need that kind of negativity mm-hmm. trying to, trying to. you know what I mean? Because ultimately, I'm going to eat off this idea. If I let you kill it right now, then I'm not going to have that self-reliance. That, that happened that. to me this morning. Matter of fact, I was up at my job and the guy just, oh, he'd been doing block work for, I don't know, 50 years. And I was saying, yeah, man, I'm thinking about getting into doing the um, pavers. He's like, oh, ain't no money in that. Now I'm looking around these rich folks' neighborhood. Everybody got paved yeah. driveway. Yeah. He's telling me ain't no money into it. I'm like, well, That's so right. these folks working for free? They doing this. Are you telling me that these folks doing it for free? What he might be saying is, well, the money I'm used to making mm-hmm. yeah. is not what those guys make. There's but that of, might be. There's a lot of variables involved in there that, <laughs> that don't line up with you and, and your situation. You know what I'm saying? We yeah. got to be individuals now, man. We have to think for ourselves and create our own. You know, our own creativity now has to work for us. Right. We, you know, right. we got to stop making everybody else rich, which we do. There ain't too many folks can say black man didn't make this country. True that. Uh, you know, a lot of what it is. I'm not saying we did all the work. The, 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 the Asians did some work. The, the Hispanics. Rose. Everybody did yeah. something. But ultimately, I think the South black, made that killing, made them trillions or millions. It'd be trillions now, but they made their millions off of free labor in the cotton fields. Hell yeah. And that's a fact. That was, that, they, well, mm-hmm. they tell me the story goes, that was the black man and the black woman. Of course. So do you but, have a name for the business? We got to get you the name. I'm, we got to get thinking, you logos. We got to get you merch. We got to get you going. I'm thinking about backyard specialist or patio king, something like that. It, it, I can't, you know. Yeah, we got we got to go on Arizona uh, commissions and then we got to figure out what's open. Because you don't want to get a name and find out somebody else is using it. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. Yeah, so that I, right. I, I can show you how to go through that. We'll, we'll help you. You know what I mean? That's what's mm-hmm. good about having a mastermind group is you got all these resources <laughs> and I mean, and down to the magnets that you got that you somebody put on the refrigerator. Yeah. Hey, go ahead. You know what I mean? Right. So, right. So yeah, no, it's um, not like I said, it goes back to that. Uh, you know, positive reinforcement, just keeping the the. the I mean, I don't know, but I feel like our podcasts have just been growing as far as the as far as the resources and the information. Like I say, the last time I was here is when I put together the idea for for hustle member. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then now it's like it's the clothing line. You know what I mean? So. I think a lot of it had to do with what the atmosphere that's created here. You know, you know. Yeah. Shout out to Cosmic Soup. You know what I mean for just creating that atmosphere where we can sit down and just toss our ideas around and 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 and, and you know bounce off each other. Um, but that's what that's what we like. You know, we want to establish from here on out. Mm-hmm. Start bringing people in. Yeah. You know, and bring me and give me a cart, whatever you have. That because where I'm at, you know, Fifty First Avenue, a lot of brothers come through there, and we kind of talking business stuff. But at least I can start. Passing your card out to say, "Hey, check this guy out for t-shirts or whatever." So we got to start networking like that, right? Because right, exactly. You guys going to bring me work. I know somebody you going to somebody. Say, I want my yard done. You go, "Oh, oh this cat can do." I mean, that's yeah. That's what it's all about. Well, my well, my guy, well, Mister Seven Fifty. That's one thing he said. He was like, "Bro, I want to work on your credit because I know how you deal with other people. Mm-hmm. I know how you interact because he, you know, he knows that I'm always, you know." Interacting with people and I, mm-hmm. I'm and I you know I'm spreading the word so yeah. he's like I know if I can fix your credit he's like everybody gonna hear about it. yeah see you know see right right and then you you like what I like call you know eyewitness firsthand testimony means a lot right. not oh my boy does it you know right. he did mine what yeah, yeah I was a six hundred now I'm a seven hundred people are gonna believe that you see what I'm yeah saying? yeah exactly so so I like to pass out those kind of resources man get your credit up 
I mean, honest, what's this? You got his card? I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I'll give you his information. Because my girl trying to, she working on hers now. But yeah, and, it, and like I said, I didn't even realize mine was as good as it was. Like one of mine was like up there, mm-hmm. but my, I had two. I had three derogatories that was keeping two of my credits down. And when he got in there, he looked at. It, he was like, bro, like. He was honest with me, too. He was like, you don't even really need credit repair. You just need a strategy to build. Mm-hmm. So he's like, so he sent out the letters, and I was just, I looked up, and I was like, boom, I just, I penetrated the 700s, and I'm like, dang, all right. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I like, this is the first time I've ever been over to past the 700s, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And, and like, three, like about three or four years ago, I was like, I'm going to get past. I didn't know what was keeping me back. I was mm-hmm. like, I'm because I was like, I'm building my credit. I didn't know what was keeping me back, but he was like, you know what? It's those derogatories hurt you the most. Now, what was mainly a derogatory? Just that were credit bills. card, medical bill. See that they they see that they got that on mine, right? But they was like, uh, I don't know. I guess my income maybe not really affected by it. Well, it, it it's still I still qualified, but she the, the the lady who qualified was like, well, you do have a couple of medical. Oh, but they was only like a hundred twenty dollars, two hundred dollars. I don't have two. Yeah, yeah, it was little shit like that. Now I think of it, that's yeah, probably no, why. Yeah, no, 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 like the derogatories hit you harder than the amount of credit that you've already used. Because I think I was like fifty percent of credit used, mm-hmm. but the derogatories was keeping me down lower. Because they say you got to have like under 25% in order to say... Because they want to see that you got money available to you, but you're just not just blowing it. Like, ah, I got resources. I'm going to go ahead and buy some shoes. Right, right, right. So they see that you're responsible with the amount of credit that you're using. Mm-hmm. Then, they, then you know what I mean? There's a little flexibility yeah. there. So what he did was he he went... He sent out them, their first round of letters. And just with the first round, I got two of my derogatories knocked Ooh. down. See, I might uh, need to call that brother too because I might want to get my shit up high as I can. That's yeah. It. That's it. Yeah, so... Yeah. so Especially um, if you're buying a house right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but and then also he's like that, and then he does the fast track. So after you get your credit up, he gives your information to somebody else to help you get a home. So what he did for me was is like he's building my credit, but he's also he knows I'm a business owner. So he's directing me over here to the people that can give me the COVID grants and the loans, business loans. Yeah, exactly. And and all the they know because I re- I applied for one like three months ago and I didn't get approved. But he's like, you gotta know. How to apply Right You know what I mean right. So he's like This dude pretty much Is he ain't gonna take your case Unless he can get it for you right. So I feel you he, he, he might charge you You know Three, four hundred dollars Up front mm-hmm. But but he gonna He gonna show you some results Exa- oh, yeah. Exactly take. Yeah. So this is stuff That I didn't have access To these resources Until I started dealing With people that was doing stuff mm-hmm. So but I, I had to start doing stuff because I wouldn't have been able to have a conversation with this man if I wasn't doing shit. Right. So just right. sometimes the first step is just you taking a step out and making something happen because then now you can have a conversation with other people that are making shit happen right. and they know other people. So it's like a domino effect. Like right. the, the the more that you learn, the more you, you're expanding your 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 inner circle or like your like mm-hmm. your ma- 